you're feeling romantic emotions, only touch your penis twice a day. Uh, that wasn't Brigsby. That was my own little. Yeah, voice. I was gonna. That was my own little. That would be if I was Brigsby Bear. Yeah, it'd be a little <laughs> cuter. Boy. Ah. Uh, hey everybody, welcome back to Screen Weens. Yeah, episode thirty-three or four. Can't remember. We going though. Yeah, we keeping it going. It's it's boom boom boom. Four months until episode fifty, oh, where we. Do another shoot list. herself on the podcast. Oh yeah, we'll we'll list off our favorite no. movies and then we'll shoot ourselves yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> That'll be the end <laughs> end of an era. Yeah. We'll put on train spotting in the background and shoot up heroin. <laughs> we'll have a baby, a dead baby. <laughs> a dead baby. Anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about the original King Kong from 1933 and Brigsby Bear. By Kyle Mooney. By uh, Dave McCary, I think his name is. Directed by Dave uh, McCary. They, uh, Kyle Mooney wrote it, though, didn't they? They, they wrote it together. Okay. Uh, I, have a, I have a decent amount of trivia. I watched a couple interviews, like longer interviews with both of them mm. for this. I've, I'm trying to, like get back in the habit of, like, doing more research on the movies we watch. Because I know we did that for the first, like, ten episodes. Yeah. You know? And then just we kind just of fizzled kind of... out. Like, we do it for the director deep dives. And I'm like, okay, we only have two movies we watch. I should put more of an effort into this. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll put more of an effort into it, too. I've got I've got some, like, basic, not, like, trivia knowledge about King Kong mm-hmm. and some of the behind the scenes. So I can just kind of, like, freehand some of it. But yeah, Like, that's not a real gorilla. What? Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. What? Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Wow. And nobody actually died. It's not a documentary. What? <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Uh, you're going to tell me that that, like, uh... Those dinosaurs in the beginning of the movie doesn't exist. Uh, next, you're going to tell me... <laughs> just because it's black and white doesn't mean that there wasn't color in the 30s. The, um, I didn't watch it, but there is a color version of the... Oh. Yeah. It's like one of those... Uh, is it like a recolorized version? Yeah. Like, so they, is it's it like, like one of the hand-painted one kind of thing? Yeah, it's one of like the earlier ones, too. So, like, it's got, like, everyone's got, like, this, like, golden glow around them. So it kind of reminds you of, like, a trip to the moon. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It's, it's not quite that level. Yeah, because trip to the moon came out, like, 25 years pr- prior or whatever. Yeah. Um, but... That and, like, Trip to the Moon, they, they like, it looks like they use, like, crown and shit at certain points. Like, the colors are, like, very stylistic. Yeah, they want it to, like, they want everything to be super fucking vibrant and shit. Mm-hmm. George Malay. Malayas, whatever his fucking name was. Yeah. I, I watched another one of his movies that wasn't black and white. And I, I can definitely tell that all he wants, he's like, I need style in my movies. Mm. <laughs> um... One of the other movies I watched this week was also from 1933. Oh, what was it? Any any guesses? 1933. Mm, did you um, watch uh, the, like, sequel? No, I was going to, but I just didn't end up having time. I was really tired that day, so I was, like, taking a nap, and I'm like, oh! Mm. So I watched uh, the original, and then I went and watched the new one in theaters. Um, the original, you have you seen it? 
I've seen like bits and pieces of it. I haven't watched. It. I loved it. It's very fucking goofy. Yeah. Like, like, but it's just like I'll show them, and then he literally says, "Let me just get naked first, so they can't <laughs> see me." And then he like they walk in on him, and he's just a shirt, and he's like trying to take it off. He's like, "I'm a shirt." Mm. That one's uh, it's directed by James Whale. Is yeah. It? Okay. Which is I know he for anyone like, uh, who doesn't know Frankenstein, yeah, Brad director Frankenstein. of Frankenstein. He he was a uh, he was gay. Yeah, you know who I heard that from? I know exactly who he is. <laughs> yeah, <from>. but <laughs> no, he he's uh, I've I've seen the uh, the old Dark House as well, which was pretty good. Uh, he seems like a pretty good director. Um, yeah. I, I really love The Invisible Man, and when I saw I haven't seen Frankenstein. In Probably like nine years, but I remember liking it. Yeah, I want to rewatch that one. Um, his, yeah, no, both his Frankenstein movies are like really good. Yeah, I've heard Bride of Frankenstein is arguably better than the first. I, I personally like Bride of Frankenstein more. It's got like more going on in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can see an argument for either or. I've heard like the like honestly like the first three. The third one's really good, too. The, that's Sun, right? Yeah, that's Sun of Frankenstein. And House is when it really takes a dip, right? Yeah. But I've heard House isn't, like, terrible. Like, it's got moments. Or, uh, Ghost. Ghost is the next one, because it goes... I thought it was House, then, or is it Ghost, then House? Hold yeah, um, because there's uh, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Son of Frankenstein, Ghost of Frankenstein. House there's of Frankenstein. House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula. Mm. Which, because they, like, started doing, like, the crossovers. It was basically, like, the original MCU just for yeah. monster Well, that's why they wanted to redo the Dark yeah, Universe. They, they kept fucking up, because they did yeah. Dracula Untold, and they're like, never mind, that one didn't count. And, then well, and like, honestly, from what I've been told, like, Dracula Untold, like, was bad. I haven't seen it, but it had, like, enough in it that it probably would have been the better starting off point and then like the mummy was just yeah. a fucking disaster so like Dracula Untold would have been the better part did they start. did they scrap the mummy or is it like canon and this invisible man thing I don't or? I mean I don't know like, like I, I I have a feeling that they will move forward with the new oh the new invisible man's fucking awesome no oh, is it it's great I got I got some like Hollow Man vibes kind of from yeah the from from what I've been told like it's more of a remake of Hollow Man than it is the Invisible Man I haven't seen Hollow Man um, but I, I can definitely tell you that the tone's a lot more serious than the original Invisible Man <laughs> but no both movies I I really really love for different reasons but like the the new one like was fucking scary to me like at least like the first half was probably the most scared I've been in a theater in like a really long time hmm. um and then it's by the guy who did uh, upgrade um, oh yeah I I haven't seen that I, I haven't seen it it's but I've, been I've seen a couple of like the action scenes from it like I've seen a couple of clips from it and he he does action cinematography like really well and there's a couple scenes in the new Invisible Man that kind of are little actiony and mm. those are those are really well and but even like regular cinematography is really fucking good like a lot of the movie is just like kind of just like panning from a character over like dead space like implying that something's there but yeah. it, it just holds on that and it's like a really really effective strategy <laughs> but mm. yeah no it's i i really i really enjoyed it and elizabeth moss is really good in it mm. So I definitely fucking recommend that movie. I had 
I had a blast watching that. Yeah, well, I'll probably check that one out at some point. I don't know if I'll get around to it while it's in theaters, but... Yeah. Um, that was pretty much all I watched. I just watched those plus the podcast movies. I didn't mm-hmm. really watch much else this week. It was just kind of chilling. Plus, yeah. I mean, we, we recorded yeah, the podcast time. late. Um, I did watch... Uh, are you familiar with Star Kid Productions? They're a... Uh, have you heard of like the very Potter musical, like Holy Musical Batman? Yeah, I I think I've heard about it from you guys. Okay, you yeah, they Joe. they do a bunch of like just small like independent musical productions. Yeah, um, they had a new movie or musical that came out uh, last night. I watched that with the crew. Okay. And I thought it sucked, but I haven't, <laughs> like, all my friends, like, really like Star Kid, and unfortunately, I just, it never clicks for me, at least the ones I've seen, but, yeah, now this one was kind of bad, hmm. but it wasn't, like, terrible, and they're trying harder, it seems, with, like, their productions, and so, hopefully, we'll yeah, enjoy maybe, one Maybe, like, two more movies, they'll, maybe. Find, they'll find their footing. And, like, they have a huge back catalog, like, I think they've done, like nine musicals like stage musicals that are filmed and i think i've seen two plus like or no i've seen three and i've seen like one that they were kind of a part of but wasn't technically a star kid production okay. so i've enjoyed one of those but one of that one i watched when i was like 13 i'm, so. I'm pretty sure you guys showed me one of their things one time maybe like a clip from one or something oh you don't necessarily have to leave this in. I I feel like it was, like, connected to this video that you guys showed me one time of, like... I think it was, like, a cop pulling somebody over, but there was, like, a shit ton of racist remarks. <laughs> That's not Star Kid for the... That's Million Dollar Extreme. Oh. <laughs> That's so... That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> in your mind, they're in like in tank. I, I think you, I because I think you were talking about them like relatively Probably. close to each other. So I just they like got well, categorized. The extreme is, is like probably the opposite. I think that like their production value has gotten worse, and they're not good people. But there's like two things that they've made I find very funny. Uh, I, I just remember that one video, and I remember being like. Oh. In shock, but I remember laughing at a few. Like, there was like a part where he like spit on the guy or something. <laughs> you no, know, he like kept spitting. He's like, dun, dun, dun. yeah. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Um, oh. And then I mostly just played Halo again. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, Halo. Uh, second episode of Clone Wars came out. Mm. Awesome. Oh yeah, I forgot that. I'm so used to streaming services just, like, dumping it all. Yeah, and Disney. Forgot about Disney that. Plus does weekly. Lame. Gotta keep them, uh, keep them engaged. <laughs> That's, that is the number one way to get me not to finish a show. I, like, uh, I've dropped so many things that I've liked throughout, like, the span of just them airing. Because I, it's just Yeah, like, most shows I wait until they're out. <laughs> Yeah, because I just can't do it. Like, when Parasite got its anime, like, I watched, like, the first seven episodes, and I got a shit ton of people into it. And I was like, yeah, this show is awesome. And then I stopped watching it after, like, ten weeks, because it hit, like, a slow point in, like, the overall story, where it 
kind of needs to calm down and build things up again and i just stopped watching because the weeks were going by really slow i mean the week week by week isn't too bad for me i usually end up dropping shows when they go on break for like a a holiday and Mm. they they skip like two weeks because then i just i just can't fucking bother anymore i'm like i gotta wait three weeks and i find something else by that time yeah i'm like fuck you um but did you watch anything else this week uh i watched son of khan um which I, I might like bring up a couple points here and there, like at yeah. the table. I, I was going to watch it yesterday, but um, I ended up just watching stuff about Brigsby yeah. Bear instead. I, I won't give any spoilers to the story, but I might like just talk a little bit about like the production and how it kind of like came to be mm-hmm. shortly after the we talk about King Kong. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that was the only other thing. That wasn't for the podcast that I watched. Other than that, it's basically just uh, playing Fortnite. There's a skin I want on the battle pass, so I've just been grinding my dailies. Yo, Pierre was gonna ask if you still play Fortnite. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I like because there was like a point a few months ago where I was playing a little bit, and then I like put it down. Mm-hmm. And just like last week, I picked it back up and I've been playing again. So, just get Halo and play with me. I I have it on my Xbox. Oh, um, um, they don't have fucking cross platform yet. No, well, if, shitty, shitty. When they do, yeah, I'll have. They haven't even released because they're releasing each. Yeah, game. They, they started with like Reach. They started they? with Reach. I don't. That it's, one's not even included in the collection I bought because I bought the Master Chief is. Uh, just it's one through three or is it one through four? It's one through four, yeah. and I think now they sell it with Reach. But at the point in which I bought it, they hadn't yeah. done the Reach stuff yet. So I think they would probably, you know, they could be cool and be like, hey, you know, since you bought the Master Chief Collection, here's just the extra game. But they would probably make me pay for it. So yeah. But it, did you ever play Reach at all? I know you didn't play a lot of games. Um, no, the only. My only bit of playing Halo, like, years ago was, uh, I used to, like, when I was in middle school, I lived in these apartments, and there was this kid named Matt I used to hang out with, and, uh, I used to, like, go over and, like, stay the night at his place on weekends, and we would, uh, we would just, I didn't play the story, but I would, like, hook up the second Xbox 360 controller, and we would play on, like, Xbox Live for Halo 3. Hmm. But, uh... Yeah, outside of that, I didn't really uh, play any of the games. Gotcha. I mean, I didn't, I got into it kind of late. Growing up, I wasn't allowed to play, like, Rage of Death games, so I never played, like, Halo 1 and 2, really. So I really got into it, like, when Reach came out, and then I backtracked and played a bit of 3, and then I got 4 when it came out. So, mm. And then I never played 5, because I heard it was garbage. Yeah. I, I really didn't start playing video games until like after I graduated. Yeah, high a school. couple of years ago. Yeah. So, but Reach Reach is good. Reach is one of my favorite shooters. Um, Three is also very good. But if you want to play like a really solid fucking single player uh, shooter that has like a fucking amazing story, Spec Ops: The Line. Hmm. That game's. Fucking like the the combat system and the shooting mechanics aren't like revolutionary. They're fine. Like they're they're pretty decent. I have fun playing the game, but the story in that and the voice acting is so fucking good. Okay. Huh. 
oh, we should just we should start doing video games for the podcast. See, I, that thought hadn't crossed my mind, but I was like, what if we did like let's plays of like movie property games, yeah, like that King Kong game. The King Kong game is so fucking good. It is. I've got it. I've got a PS2, and I just bought a capture card, dude. <laughs> oh man. Ah, oh, you know what? I'm gonna be completely honest. Watching before we even get into it, watching the original King Kong, like the, every scene, I'm just like, I wish I was no, watching yet, the Peter Jackson. I, I watched it yesterday, the last minute, at per usual, and I was like, man, I wish I watched this a day earlier so I could have had the extra spare three yeah. hours to watch. The yeah, remake. exactly. And I'm like, I wish we had just done that one out for the podcast as well. And I'm like, well, too late. I mean, we can. If you're familiar enough with it, we could always talk about that one too. I mean, I'm I, I'm very familiar I mean, with that. I've movie. only seen it once, and it was when I first moved here. Oh, okay. Like it was literally like a month after I moved. I here. went and saw that like three times in the theaters when wow. I was like a kid. So. That fuck! I wish I had seen that movie. In it was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Oh god! Oh, it was great. Oh. I wish I could see it in theaters again. Like I, I wish they'd do like a re-release of it. Yeah, Peter Jackson just needs to make a remake of Son of Kong. He he does. There there was a there's like this behind the scenes like because he was like putting like uh, videos online mm-hmm. alongside like the pre-production and like post-production stuff where he was basically like showing behind the scenes with all the special effects. And there's like this bit where he actually got all the actors and they were like, it was obviously a troll, but they're talking about like a sequel. They're like, okay, they have planned it it was going to have like Nazis and like all sorts of crazy shit in it. And it's like, yo dude, wait, wait, I'd watch this, bring it up. Come on. Like, I'll pretty much watch anything Peter Jackson makes. Like, I've disliked, like, three movies he's made, but... And he didn't even want... Because I presume you're talking about the Hobbit trilogy. I'm talking about the second and third Hobbit movies. Okay. Like, yeah. the first one I don't mind. Um, and The Lovely Bone. Yeah. Which I think it... it's a bad movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot he made that. Um, <laughs> Everyone forgets that. Good. Because um, it's Forget Stephen King's, like, the yeah. author of, like, the story it's based on. So his type name is usually what's pasted on yeah. the title. Um, but yeah, cause he didn't even want to make the Hobbit movies. Cause he was like, yeah, like I'll produce them and, uh, Guillermo will direct two movies. And then the studio was like, well, actually Guillermo's out and yeah, uh, we and want you to make three, three movies. Yeah. If it had been two, I've heard that there's a, uh, I remember there's a fan edit that puts it in an all in one yeah. movie and I've heard it's really good. I usually do not like fan edits like at all. Like, um, even the critically, like, the the ones that are like, this is the best one, I think are pretty garbage. Like, I watched the, the like, uh, this uh, prequel trilogy fan mm-hmm. edits. I watched a couple of those. I just thought they were worse. Um, the, I, yeah, I, I had that one, like, downloading at one point, but I didn't, like, finish it because I didn't have room on my computer for it at the time. But uh, the fan edit I really like that I always watch is uh, for Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me because mm. um, that movie has like 90 minutes of deleted scenes that I feel not all of them do, but a lot of them are very important to the movie that aren't in the theatrical version that's like widely available. Hmm. And 
yeah, when I watch it, I, I just prefer to like have it all like just in chronological order without having to like pause the movie and like switch to the other DVD that has the fucking deleted scenes yeah, and trying to watch uh, them like that. And granted, like you miss out on like David Lynch's like editing vision. and shit, but I mean, whatever. I, there's yeah, like, fuck you, David Lynch. I, I've seen I've seen the theatrical version before, and it's just the version I prefer for mm. when I'm going through it. But and you watch it on a phone. I actually usually watch it on my laptop, but I'm sure that's probably categorically as bad for David Lynch. What? You're watching a movie on your laptop? Get real. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. <laughs> He's just like, if you don't watch it in a theater, burn in hell. <laughs> He's like, I don't care if I release something on Netflix. Go to a theater and bribe them to play. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. All right, let's do some questions. Okay. From Pierre Dipoyo. Oh. 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 Do you guys have any singular piece of media that changed or defined your view of the medium? For example, the video game Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion changed what I believe video games could be in my eyes and made me really appreciate gaming as an art form and hobby. Mm. What do you got? Any movies that really, like, I don't know, made you think? Like, was there a point in time when you were a kid where movies were just kind of, like, fun little things and then you saw a movie that, like changed your outlook on movies that like got you really invested or were you just really invested from day one um yeah so uh in high school up until high school because basically like i was super into horror movies from the time i was a little kid up until about my freshman year and then i kind of like stopped watching movies not all together but i didn't watch like anywhere near the amount of movies i did before that, because I got into anime and I started watching things like Dragon Ball Z and One Piece. Um, but my junior year, um, I watched an anime that kind of changed everything for me. And it kind of, this anime like really changed what, not only my opinion on like movies, but what like anything could be, just storytelling in general. Mm -hmm. It really like, opened up my mind to a world of like further possibilities. And that specifically technically was a movie called End of Evangelion. That movie, well, I was like, whoa. And then I got into like a bunch of like avant-garde kind of shit. Mm. And then, yeah, it's kind of like what introduced me to like pursuing it as more of an art form as opposed to just an entertainment form. I was like, wow, stuff can actually have stuff to say and it can be layered and have multiple interpretations and to the point where there's so many like details that you can like go back and rewatch it like a hundred times and have a different interpretation every time you watch it kind of deal. And then like Eraserhead was like, I think one of the earlier movies that I had watched that kind of like embodied what I liked about that kind of thing so much where I was like, ooh, yeah, Eraserhead. 
So Eraser had an end of Evangelion, like two of those types of movies for me. I feel that. I don't. I don't really know if there's a specific movie that really like changed my outlook because when I was a kid, like I loved like the Star Wars movies, but even still, like most of the like format, I'm just like they're just movies. They're just kind of things. Um, funnily, funnily enough, for television, I think it was. Uh, like some long running series that I thought like did really well storytelling like throughout the seasons of like character development mm-hmm. because a lot of like television shows I had seen before were just kind of episodic and not really like didn't have a long yeah. format but like so Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm. like really got me into television and okay. that's why I started watching a lot of TV um, the same thing with Xeno Warrior Princess mm. um, yeah Movies, I just... I don't know. It was it was mostly just like a culmination of starting to see more movies and being like, wow, these are better than the shit I had as a kid. Yeah. But I can't pinpoint a single one. Yeah, it's it was it's pretty like difficult. And question. then board games, of course. Oh yeah. Um, Ticket to Ride really broadened my horizons with board games. More like, wow, board games can be more than just Monopoly or fucking Connect Four. Mm. No shame on Connect Four. Pretty good game. Yeah. I have a copy of SpongeBob Connect Four on the table I got from Goodwill the other day. Yeah, that's right. I'm a fucking baller. <laughs> All right. Question two. Who are your favorite Harry Potter characters? Who are your least favorite? My favorite is Johnny Deep. Um, all right. My favorite is I probably... I don't love Harry Potter. I, I don't love it either. Like, I, I, I like it fine. I've seen... I think I prefer most of the actors in real life to Harry, their characters. So I'm just like... Yeah, like... <laughs> Probably, like, Snape, because I like Alan Rickman a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I like any of the characters on their own. See, the thing that's really holding me back from being like, oh, I really like like these characters is uh, I've only seen the first five movies, so I don't get their completed like, oh. story arcs. <laughs> oh, we should just watch all the Harry Potter movies one day for the um, podcast. Yeah. I've, I know I've, there's a lot. I've, I've, I've thought about, like, in popping... Uh, like whenever like a director deep dive episode comes out, instead of like picking a director, it's like picking a movie franchise. Ha! And I'll go the MCU. No, that, that, that's too big of a okay, franchise. Even even Harry Potter. We would have to do. Movies. We would have to like break the MCU into yeah. phases. MCU phase one. I'm like great. My least favorite fucking. <laughs> I you know as much as I think phase one is pretty mediocre, I think phase two. I think just has some of like the like real low blows for me where I'm just like, oh man, no, not those ones. Age of Ultron. Oh no. Oh. It's just oh. funny because I prefer Age of Ultron to most phase ones. <laughs> I like the Incredible Hulk okay. And I like the first Captain America. I, I like I like the first Captain America. I think it gets a little messy in its third act. But. Yeah, which is a problem a lot of MCU movies. Uh, yes, yes. Like, they how do. can you not fucking stick the? Because they'll do like great 
character build up and they're like, all right, well, it's a superhero movie. We need shit to get real and exciting. And it's like, then it'll just come out of nowhere and it feels forced. And it's like, ah. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I wasn't crazy on The Incredible Hulk. I wasn't like... I, I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remember like liking it, like not loving it. I thought it was decent. <laughs> I saw it once in the theaters when it came out and I liked it back then. And then I watched it again when I like actually officially went through the MCU back when uh, Homecoming was coming out. So like 2016-ish. Oh, man. But, uh... Oh, yeah, I guess my favorite Harry Potter character would be, uh... Oh, yeah, that's what we were saying. Um, I like Cedric Diggory's dad from uh, from the fourth one. Cedric Diggory's Robert Pattinson? Yeah, because his dad goes, That's my son! Ah! Yeah, that's... But in in reality, I probably like Hagrid. Hagrid's Hagrid's cool. Hagrid. Hagrid's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Everyone else I think is... I don't think J.K. Rowling was a very good writer. She's not a good person either, but... Yeah. I think she was a pretty mediocre writer. I've, I've read... I've only read two of the books. I think I've read four and five, but... I read the Which first are my three. least favorite movies as well, so... I read the first three when I was a kid, and, uh... Actually, five and six are my least favorite, I think. I, I liked them. Like, I, I... Personally, I really like the first couple movies... Or the first I think, few movies. I think the third one's fantastic. I remember liking the third one. Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. Um, but I think that's like where the tone starts to shift and I don't really like the more serious tone they brought to it. I kind of like the whimsical. Yeah, that's why I, like a lot of people don't movies. like the first two because of that and I do. Yeah. I don't think J.K. Rowling is able to write like more edgy scenarios very well. Like, it, it just comes yeah, off the, as, like, The second it tried to get, dumb. like, political and edgy, I was just like, this is boring. Like, everything's... The, then the movies, like, switch that fucking, like, gray tint over everything. Yeah. It's like... Ugh. I remember when I saw them for the first time, like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's still, like, likable things about it, I'm sure. And I plan on going through... I do think, like, of them one day. both 7 Part 1 and 7 Part 2 are pretty good movies. Like... Even though I think four, five, and six kind of fuck around and dive into not very good territory, I think that they at least finish it off pretty well. Yeah, I remember five being just like the biggest piece of yeah, dumb I shit. Yeah, five's pretty garbage. And I was like, all right, well, huh? And then oh. six came out like the following year, and I was just like, eh, not, and then I just didn't watch it. And then flash forward, uh. However many years later it is since that happened, and, uh, yeah, still haven't watched them. I rewatched uh, the first two, like, last year. Oh. Oh, because I was they're planning fun. on watching all they're, of them. They're, they are whimsical, you know? They're, yeah. They are fun. I like those ones. Whenever I tell people that those, like, are some of my favorite Harry Potter movies, they're like, what? I'm like, they're well-made. They're, they're fun. They're Decent little, like, world-building. Yeah. Like they're goofy. <laughs> I like the goofy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Final, oh, least favorite. Um, 
Voldemort. I think Voldemort's a really bad character. <laughs> Out of what I've seen, I'll go ahead and I'll say the like dickhead from the second one who like tries to like steal people's credit and the only spell he knows is like the memory loss oh, spell. The fucking the antagonist of like most of the second movie. Yeah, the teacher who's whatever the dark arts professor is. or whatever the yeah. fuck. And the dude who replaces the Voldemort guy. Alright. Have you guys ever had a paranormal experience? Thomas being controlled by the Egyptian pharaoh Eten during the podcast does not count. Damn. Um, I've had I've had situations that at the time, because I was like a kid, I yeah. considered paranormal. But uh, I've grown up and heard like other people describe like the exact same things that happened to me, and it's like, oh, this is just like. A thing that happens is sleep paralysis. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was gonna say. Like I, I still get sleep paralysis quite a bit. Uh, I have nightmares like almost every night, but I get sleep paralysis probably not like as much as other people, but I get it like once a month or once every month and a half kind of thing. And so that's probably the closest thing I've had. Like I, th- there was like I think apparently my old house was supposed to, supposedly haunted. It wasn't, but it's, it's like the do- the stairs were kind of creaky like that's about it like i would hear a weird noise every once in a while but it was just an old fucking house yeah we when i was a kid i lived in this house that was the person who owned it before us was like this lady who was kind of like colloquially known as like the bone lady (laughs) um and because apparently like the house before we had moved in at some point like just this lady collected just animal bones and had them like up as decorations all over the place just had them like hanging from the front porch and like when i moved in like you you know for years later you know if i was like messing around in the backyard there were just fucking like animal jaw bones just like all over the fucking place and it was it was weird like it's a little off-putting the person who lived there before us was probably a little crazy but my mom thought the place was haunted and it's like eh, i didn't but uh, I had this neighbor who was like my best friend growing up, uh, and he thought his house was haunted, and so did I, because like literally everyone in the house is like, "Holy shit, this place is fucking haunted!" And I like kind of like fed into that energy because I was like twelve years old, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay." And I, you know, I was I was a pretty gullible kid, you know. I wasn't I wasn't the fucking logical smart man i am now but uh i you know because i was like i believe my brain was no big big like i am now yes um because i like you know i was just like a little christian kid you know so i believed in like heaven and hell so it's like oh yeah like ghosts and demons could be real and i remember one time there are two specific different cases that i remember um, one, I was, like, asleep on his floor, and I remember, like, waking up, and, like, I, because I thought I was waking up to an earthquake, because the entire fucking room was shaking, and I was just, like, glued to the floor, I couldn't move, and I saw, because he was, like, his bed was, like, next to me, and I saw this fucking shadow man, like, crawl out of the wall, and then, like, walk across his bed, and, like, into the wall again, like, a, a different wall, mm-hmm. and I was, like, 
oh, that was scary. And then I found out that, like, shadow people are, like, common, like, real. sleep paralysis thing. They're real. Yeah, totally. Sleep paralysis is just the way of... It the, opens your eyes yeah, to the dimensions exactly. you can't see. That's exactly right. Um, and then another time when I was in a hotel room in Disneyland, uh, I woke up and there's like a little dead girl like standing in the corner looking at me. She was flossing. And I couldn't move. I was just like, oh, this is kind of creepy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they were both sleep paralysis. I'm fairly certain. I don't really. Yeah, I mean, I guess theoretically, like I don't necessarily... I don't believe in ghosts, but I think that there is a 1% chance that they exist. For me. Mm. I'll... I mean, I, I don't, can't... I can't, like, rule it out or dispute it, so I can see why you would have that. Like, 1%. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they're not real. Yeah. Now, like Bigfoot, 100% chance he's not real. I'd say that there's a 99% chance. <laughs> no. But Yetis... Could be real. Oh yeah, because we don't. We don't. Because know. like, it just doesn't make. Uh, do, you th- just, do you think he's dying now that it's melting over there? <laughs> think he's like, oh shit, time to go be Bigfoot again. That's exactly it. All right, <laughs> we're gonna go take a break, and we'll be back soon to talk about King Kong and Briggs uh, Bear. Jingle jangle jingle, I am Mr. Kringle. Oh, that's a, that's quite a few episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Man, that was a bad fucking episode. Yeah, we watched a whole lot of Christmas movies. No. That weren't good. Have you seen uh, King Kong Escapes? Yeah. It's not good. I'm pretty sure that's by... It's by fucking Toho, right? Because it's directed by the guy who did Godzilla. Uh, Honda, uh, Honda, Honda, whatever his name maybe, is. Maybe, I think it's by the same, it's, but it's from whoever would have made the 70s remake, um, cause it's a sequel to that, like a direct sequel. Um. King Kong Escapes. Yeah. yeah. The one? This one? Yeah, the one, oh, no, 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 okay, yeah, no, 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 I haven't seen that one, I'm getting it mixed up with King Kong Lives, that's what I'm thinking oh. of. Uh, King Kong Escapes, yeah, the. I haven't seen that. I have it on DVD, though. It's by Toho, but also it's by the Rankin and Bass Company. Oh, is it? Yeah. Huh. Weird. Which, the funniest thing is, all I kept thinking about was the abominable snowman from Rudolph when I was watching King Kong. Because they have very <laughs> similar faces. Yeah, they have big, like, fucking wide-eyed, big mm-hmm. open mouth. The way the mouth moves. King Kong's a big fucking mouth breather. Oh. King Kong was the first simp. <laughs> oh jeez! Oh. All right, let's talk about King Kong, nineteen thirty-three. The movie begins with a fake proverb. Um, I this, love those. Huh? I love fake things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, because I was like sitting there, and I was like, I read that, and for the first time, I was like, that's probably not real. And I looked it up, and it wasn't. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, what did it say? Uh, it's like, yeah, basically like beauty fell for the beast. And in that moment he was as good as dead. Oh, so something that basically stacks up to that. Um, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So then the movie actually truly begins on this dock pier kind of thing. I don't know what you would actually call it, where boats take it off. It was a dock. Yeah. Um, harbor. Harbor. All the different names that it could have. Um, yeah, so begins there, and there's this dude who shows up who we never see again for the rest of the movie. Um, he's like some Hollywood kind of producer kind of deal. He's like, I forget exactly what it was he was, but something to do with the film industry. Um, and he's basically shows up at the ship belonging to Carl Denham, famous film director. And Carl Denham, um, I'm, is based off like the filmmakers of this. Cause, uh, he was like a very, uh, Oh, fuck, like, adventurous filmmaker. Like, he would go out and, like, shoot lions and shit. He was very adventurous. Like, they kind of Yeah, he did the movie up. before this called... What was it? Uh, Chang, maybe? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't watched any of it. I've just, like... We're talking about, about Ernest B. Shodsack, right? Yeah. Because technically this movie was co-directed. Yeah, by yeah, yeah. Marion C. Cooper, but... Um, yeah, Chang, Drama of the Wilderness. It has, like, elephants and shit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so Carl Denham's, like, this very adventurous director known for going to, like, dangerous places and capturing dangerous things on camera and kind of building a film around it. And uh, because of this, the, like, film's producers are basically, like, kind of pulling out. They're like, ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're cool, but where's the women? And, yeah, they basically won't grant him the actress he wants because they think it'd be too dangerous. He's like, well, I need an actress because you guys keep telling me that my movies would sell better if I had a leading lady and a love interest. Even though I think that stuff is hard to watch. <laughs> I hate women. Yeah, basically, they're like, well, you need one. So he goes out on the town to look for a woman. And there he finds Anne Darrow, who is uh, stealing an apple. Because this takes place, like, during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, like, the shopkeeper catches her trying to steal the apple. And Carl Denham, like, pays for it. And then takes her out to dinner and is basically like, hey, look. You look great. You ever done any acting? You're going to be the star of my new film. And she basically agrees. She's like, oh, yeah, sure. Cool. Um, it's money. Yeah, of course. Um, so. But she's like, don't. I'm not going to fuck you. And he's like, no, I don't want to fuck you. I just, this is purely professional. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, so they set off, you know, they go back to the ship and, uh, you know, it's. Quick takeoff, and then, uh... Yeah. It's weird, this movie has a lot of, like, setup for certain things, and then they just jump to the next part. Yeah, that's why I like the remake <laughs> a lot, because the remake <laughs> takes every, like, little bit of setup and potential that this movie has, mm -hmm. and, like, kind of explores it more. The only thing about the remake that I don't like, uh, let me say this on record now, is the Jimmy plot. It goes fucking nowhere. They build him up for, like, the first half of the is movie. Jimmy the, like, the little kid? Yeah, uh, he's, yeah. like, the, like, boat crewman who's, like, yeah, he's trouble. He stole your pen, Jack. Um, 
And like they build him up for the first half of the movie, and then he just doesn't do anything, and like the rest of it, and it's like, huh, it's a little, it's a little off. But aside from that, I, I think like Peter Jackson's King Kong is like fucking perfect. I love it. Um, but yeah, so basically, on the ship, there's a man named John Driscoll. He's he's the captain, right? Yeah, he's the captain of the ship, Captain Driscoll. And then the other notable two are Charlie, who is like the cook. He's from no, China. I don't fucking remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember Charlie. And then there's Skipper, who is like the translator. Oh, yeah. Um, those are like the core five characters. The rest of them are just meat shields for the rest of the movie. Um, so, yeah, basically, it's like a scene where John's like, commanding the crew on what to do and he like accidentally smacks a hand in the face and then he does he's a like, shitty oh, job at apologizing. He's like, oh, well, I guess I should apologize. Yeah, I guess I should apologize. And she's like, well, this is my first time on a ship. And he's like, he's well, like, this is my first time on sex. No, no pretty instead much. he's like, pretty much. He's like, well, this is my first time on a ship with a woman. She's like, oh, well, you must not think very highly of women. And he's like, they're a nuisance. And she's like, well, I'm not trying to be. And he's like, ah, oh, you don't have to try to be. You just are. You gotta love <laughs> that kind of dialogue. The thing I like about Peter Jackson, sorry to fucking keep jumping back to that. We're gonna keep talking about Peter Jackson. Um, they take, like, the hammy dialogue like that from this, and they put it into the movie they're making. In yeah. that movie. And it works really well, because you don't have a bunch of characters that sound like they're pieces of shit in yeah. real life. Instead, it makes it seem like it's the movie they're writing. Plus, you get to see two different characters for each, like, actor, pretty much. Yeah. It's like a nice uh, little... They, they basically take the John character and split them, because there's Jack Driscoll, the writer, in yeah. the remake. And Who's then there's... the greatest character ever. Yeah. Played by Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, man. Uh, and then they have, like, the actor guy who, like, plays the John Driscoll character in the movie scenes, and he's, like, the action hero. Holds the... Holds the little, like, comb as a mustache in the mirror in that one funny scene. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... Basically... Uh, they're going to this island. Uh, Carl got a map. To this island where supposedly there's this beast named King Kong. He's super secretive. Like, he wouldn't tell any of the crew or the cast of the movie, which coincidentally only seems to be Anne. I don't see any other fucking thespians on the ship. Um, uh, thespians. Thespians. Uh, so, yeah. So he's very secretive. He doesn't, like, tell anybody about the plan until they're basically, like, on the way. And then he's like, all right. I can tell you guys what's going on now. So he basically tells them, he's like, yeah, we're going to this island and we're going to shoot King Kong and it's going to be great. Um, some mythical beast that lies on the island. He's a god to the people there. Etc, etc. Um, so they arrive. They arrive. They and, get uh, on the island. They get on the island and basically... They show up and there's this huge, like, ceremony going on. Um, 
And so and they're like peeking out. Yeah, they're peeking out in the bushes, and then Carl's like, ah, I gotta get a shot of this. He just <laughs> he the out in the middle. Like he's so far out. It's, yeah. I thought he was just kinda kinda like lean the camera or like just like barely. I, I guess out. with like the type of camera it was, I can understand needing like a stationary shot like that. And but even still, so he like goes like yeah, pretty he, far he, out. He's just straight up just out there, and it's one of those cameras that you have to like reel while you're filming, so it's just like it's very noticeable, and they notice him instantly. They all turn around, and they're like, Yo, what the fuck? And basically, he tells his men to come out. He's like, all right, come out, come out. You know, all of you, go where they can see you. And they have Skipper, the translator, basically uh, states, like, oh, we're just we're friends. We're here. You know, we're just checking the place out. You know, maybe want to shoot a movie. Um, and the, like, chief is like, no, you guys are not friends. Leave. In fact, like, you fucking tainted our ceremony here because now you've seen the Bride of Calm and she's soiled. No good no more. And then they see her. Yeah, they see Anne. And they're like, fuck. The Golden Woman. The, the Golden Woman, I think that's what they call her. The Golden or the Golden Haired Woman, something yeah, along those lines. Like Who is this Golden Woman? Um, and so they're like, oh, they take an interest in Anne. Like, we'll buy her for six of our women. And John is like, whoa, no. no, I hate this woman, but I'm actually secretly in love with her. Even though we've had zero, like, dialogue scenes to express that. Exactly. Um. But it's the 30s, so it's fine. Everyone's falling in love. Yeah. So they, uh. They leave. They're like, ah, fuck, let's just leave. Um, and they do. And uh, Jack, or not Jack, god damn it. <laughs> I'm going to do that. John. John. Um, John and Anne are like talking on the ship. And basically he's like, well, I guess I love you. And he's like, well, you probably wouldn't feel the same about me. And then she looks into his eyes and they're like, ah, She's like, why wouldn't I love you? You're a di- you're a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. And then they kiss, and then uh, Skipper and Denim are like, "Hey, you know, come here. We need to see you, John." And she's like, "Oh, wait, right here." And so he goes, and then it seems like he's gone into the uh, a fucking uh, what's it called uh, bridge of the ship for a couple hours, and. Uh, yeah, and this time, like, basically, like, the second after he leaves, Anne gets, like, fucking abducted by a bunch of the... Yeah. Like... They just, like, show up, they grab her. Yeah. And, uh... Man, yeah, they, remember the scene in the remake when they got the fucking, like, their pole vaulting? Yeah, no, I love that, because oh. they're, like, it's, like, fucking stormy, there's, yeah. there's just, like, pole vaulting off rocks in the ocean. Oh. And it's just, like, ooh. This one was fine, I know they couldn't do pole vaulting scenes. Yeah. I like seeing their canoe, but... Yeah, like, this movie, it's got the bare skeletal structure of a really great story, and... And Peter Jackson made that. <laughs> yeah, and it's got some fucking... Where this movie truly shines is in its practical effects work. When King Kong really starts showing up. Yeah, which is around the 40-minute mark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because this movie's basically cut into three halves. There's the point in which they get to Skull Island and basically like up until the point where like King Kong first shows up and then 
The, the shenanigans around. The shenanigans of trying to get Anne back. And then the New York sequence. Which is like only like 20 the, Yeah, it's the shortest yeah. uh, out of all of them. But basically, yeah, so they're like, John is like looking around the ship and he's like, what the fuck? And then like Carl and Skipper are like kind of looking out the window and they're like, oh, it's really bright over on the island. They got a lot of fires. I wonder what's going on over there. And fucking uh, uh, Charlie, Charlie finds, finds well, like a necklace a bracelet or something. Like a bracelet. Uh, and he's like, everybody on deck! Yeah, so basically they figure out, hey, the, Anne's completely gone. <laughs> we searched the whole ship. She's not here. <coughs> we found this. They wanted her earlier. They probably came and kidnapped her. So they go to the island and uh, yeah, they basically just Anne gets taken by King Kong in the first sequence. You know, they have everything set up like she's like tied to the fucking wooden posts and they're like beating the drums and they open the gate and King Kong like grabs her and it's the first time we see him and it's good like it looks good especially for the time um I really love the mix of like because they would do all sorts of things it was a lot of stop motion they built like a giant head and a giant hand um, I think they built a giant foot too for like the scenes where he's like school stomping on the villagers. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, I I think that's it. I don't think they do any man in suit things. There's a couple shots where it almost looks like it, but I, I yeah, think no, I don't think they do. Motion. Um, yeah, they do a lot of uh like kind of like tricks with like the projector where they'll like either have footage of King Kong like projected behind the actors and they'll film that or they'll do vice versa where they'll project little footage of the actors and take it frame by frame as they're like animating like the bigger King Kong like in like the cave grab scene that happens. Um, But so... Any any of the scenes with like uh, just the hand... Or, like, her Anne in the hand. It was just, like, a giant hand on a crane. Yeah. And, like, apparently she was like, yeah, I was really scared because every time I would struggle, the hand's grip would, like, come loose. Uh, and I would always be like, I'm going to fucking die right now. Yeah. Because she'd be, like, 10 or 15 feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can see that being very anxiety-inducing. Um... But yeah, so they basically like charge in right after. Uh, a couple men stay behind to like guard the boat, and uh, I think they they give like a line of exposition later where they're basically like they shot the guns off like once, and the villagers basically like scattered and weren't seen again until like the later in the movie when we do see them again. Um, but. So they all charge in after, and this is where it becomes a fucking great movie. Because uh, it's just... Anne being carried around by a giant fucking gorilla. And then him killing people. Yeah, he he kills people, and then, like, before they ever get to that point, like, they have to deal, like, they deal with a couple dinosaurs. They deal with some dinosaurs, yeah. Um, those sequences are really fun to watch. Um... Particularly, I'm a big fan of, like, the... When they kill the first 
big dinosaur and they're like walking and it's obvious they're on like a treadmill and then yeah. the screen scrolling the back. That scene, like I was watching like this movie and I was like, wow, some of these scenes are pretty brutal for like yeah. 33 because they like that first dinosaur, they shoot it like a shit ton. Yeah, it's, like, it's like screaming. It, and they have like blood and it's like yeah. screaming and it's just like, holy shit. And then like the fucking... Like, T-Rex battle's pretty good, and of course it ends pretty violently with King Kong, like, unhinging its fucking jaw and then doing the classic fucking Kong thing that's very, like, fucks with its dead limp body a little bit just to double-check and make sure it's dead. Um, but yeah, so basically, most of the men fucking get killed, if not by the first two dinosaurs, then... Um, basically, they all catch up right around the after they find the two dinosaurs. They catch up with like Conan and just like the log scene where he like takes it and basically kills the rest of the, the fucking on land party except for uh, Denim, who's like off hiding in a tree somewhere, and uh, John, who ducked out in this little cave. And, yeah, uh, and then a big uh, dinosaur starts like crawling up to him. Yeah, on a little, cuts and he cuts the rope. And I'm like, why was the dinosaur holding on to just this rope? Yeah, it's like you think it'd be a- <laughs> that thing was so fucking goofy looking. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, like that, like model wasn't finished. Like it was supposed to be a certain type of dinosaur, but they like didn't have the budget for it, so uh-huh. they like only gave it like two arms, and the face looks all wonky. <laughs> but um, there. There's this famous lost scene in this movie that, like, apparently it was, like, filmed and stuff. I don't know what necessarily happened to it. I don't know if it was, like, just, like, a deleted scene. And back then, you know, they didn't really think about, like, home video or preservation. So they would just, like, Toss (laughs) toss it, burn it, expose it to daylight and ruin it. You know, whatever happened. Yeah. Um, but there was a scene where, like, all the men who, like, fell off the log were gonna, like, come to down in the pit, and they were gonna be attacked by bugs. And, uh... They have that in the remake. <laughs> they have that in the remake, but, um, on the, like, special edition that they released for this, like, some years ago, and it's on all the standard, like, Blu-rays and stuff now. Um, but Peter Jackson took, like, the same type of cameras that they used back then and yeah, used, and like, all the same techniques and recreated the scene. And it's on, like, the special features. They, they apparently were going to try to, like, splice it into the movie, but Peter Jackson, like, requested, like, no, don't do that. Just put it as a special feature. Yeah. They um, didn't want to ruin the integrity of, like, the original product. Yeah. yeah I which I totally respect and understand. Um, so, yeah. Um, but basically... King Kong is, you know, fucking, and then the T-Rex scene happens because Anne starts screaming because a giant T-Rex is over because he left Anne in a tree. <laughs> it's fucking arms! Yeah. It's, like, scratching its head. The T-Rex is so much of the, like, the, the... Stop motion is really good. And, like, the puppetry, everything's good, but everything's also very goofy. Yeah, no, it, it definitely still has its flaws. Like, everything's a little wonky. Um, there There are several points where it's, like, characters won't line up with like different shots that are going on as they change perspectives or proportions will change like sometimes they make it seem like the humans are like this like just fucking like little ant size compared to some of the dinosaurs and then in different shots they'll be like 
pretty differently proportionally sized. There was some shots where Anne's in King Kong's hand, you can tell that she's like way too fucking big. For, yeah. Like, the stop motion, and then they'll like cut back to like later scenes where she'll seem much smaller in the hand. But there's a there's a story about how because a lot of the sets were like a lot of the background plants were like metal recreations, but a lot of them were real plants. Hmm. And there was one scene where they were like doing stop motion animation on Kong. And they didn't notice that a flower in the shot, like, bloomed during the animation. So they had to, they, like, scrapped an entire day of animation because of that. Man, that's that's the thing about animation. Sometimes you gotta scrap that whole day's work. It's like, oh, man. Not fun whenever that happens, I'd imagine. Yeah, I bet. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so Kong fights the dinosaur. Very fun. And then uh, he takes Anne and basically like runs off to this cave and at this point Denim and John meet up and they're like yeah um Denim you go to the rest of the ship and uh basically get the men and the bombs ready you know cause he has like a shit ton of uh like knockout gas bombs uh and he's like yeah and uh I'll go get Ann he's like what you can't go get Ann he's like ah I'm gonna go do it anyway so they split up uh, John follows Khan and Anne into this cave where he fights two different monsters. He fights this, like, a fucking snake monster. Yeah, it was like a weird snake thing. Um, it's like a man in the water. And it comes up and tries to eat Anne, and then he fights it. And kind of has the upper hand on him for a little bit. Looks like it's going to get him, but then eventually he prevails. And then... She pretends to be asleep as he's like, takes her up to this, like, kind of like looking out spot at the top of this little, like, cave. Or I guess it's, I guess it's not really a cave. It seems more like they're like ruins of some sort. Cause it, yeah. they were like stairs. I'm really curious about like the history of Skull Island. I want to know more about it. Where's the like, prequel? Yeah, where's the prequel? That might, uh, you know, King Kong is pretty racist. <laughs> At least a lot of the stories of King Kong uh, are pretty rooted in racism. Even, like, the aspect of, like, King Kong being, like, mostly disinterested in, like, the women that are his brides until he's, like... A white woman, yeah. you know. There's, and then there's the whole like. Uh, like I don't think know. a lot of the racism is intentional, but especially for the '30s, that's just kind of what's going to happen when you try to make yeah. a movie about like native islanders. And then you, know? you could look deeper. I mean, obviously, there's the very obvious. You know, they fucking wrap them up in chains and sail yeah. them across no, the sea and bring them no, to America. That's the more yeah. That's the more obvious part. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious in this one. It wasn't as racist as I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah. I was walking in going, it was going to be fucking rough. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it's got its moments it's where you're like. definitely got its moments where I was like, eee. But, but it, it, it's not it's not nearly as bad as some of the other shit coming in at the time. Yeah. Um, that's definitely true. Oh, man. But, yeah, no. I like, for a second there, like. Uh, when Charlie was on screen, I'm like, oh, man. Like, I, I was nervous because I couldn't remember what they did with his character. I'm like, oh, man, this could be really bad. But I think that, surprisingly, that character was pretty pretty straightforward. Just some guy from China who's a cook on a ship. 
Yeah, you just had a thick accent. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. I, I can't tell if that was his real accent or not, but yeah, if it if it wasn't, then it was racist. Yeah. But it wasn't like his character, at least, like had character. Yeah, he's in the sequel too. He pre- oh, pretty he's much the just, main character. No? <laughs> no, he's pretty much the same size as he is in this one. Um, but he he's maybe got a little more to do in the sequel, but not by much. Uh, but, yeah, so, and... Yo, this was one of Hitler's favorite movies. Was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't blame him. It's to, to fucking... I'm sure this is probably... He also really like, loved Snow White. Hmm. Interesting. I always forget that Snow White is, like, really fucking old. Yeah. It's because it's... 37. Animated. Yeah. Um... When was the first, like, Disney animated? Probably, like, the 20s, right? What, like, full length? Yeah. Because, like, like Steamboat Willie was, you know. Like, uh, what, was Dumbo the first one? No, Dumbo was 41. Oh, okay. It, I don't. Ban- might have been Bambi, though. No, Bambi was also 40s, wasn't it? I, it may have been Snow White. Or wait, was it Cinderella? When was Cinderella? No, that was 50s. Wait. Yeah, I think Cinderella was a little bit. Well, you keep talking. I'll figure that out. Okay. Um, Yeah, so basically, after King Kong fights the snake monster, then he fights pterodactyls. And then while this is going on, uh, John shows up and he takes Anne and they, like, crawl down this vine. Then King Kong, after he beats up the pterodactyl, figures out what's going on. He starts to pull it up, but uh, Anne, or not Anne, uh, John takes a risk and he cuts the vine and they fall down into the water and if this was real life they would be dead if not for the pure impact against the water which would definitely kill them uh to make things even more unbelievable we see that one of the figures that they like dropped in this shot hits a rock and it's like their head and it's like oh yeah they'd be dead Snow White was the first. Oh, huh. Interesting. Um, the second was actually a Fantasia. Oh, uh, yeah, that um, makes sense. Oh, that one's also racist. That one's... Have you seen the... I've seen the it got cut. Scene. The big racist yeah. thing got cut. Like, pretty... Pretty soon... Actually, not pretty soon after, but, like... Yeah, I, I, I've seen the, the scene. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. I haven't capital. seen the movie, but I've seen that scene quite a few times. Yeah, I've watched a lot of videos on like the racism in like uh, older animated movies and stuff, and that's always like there. A bit of a sidestep here. This is a bit of a side story. When I was a little kid, I went to Disneyland, and I went on Splash Mountain, and I was like, I fucking loved that ride. I was like, holy shit, that was awesome, and I loved like the story behind the ride because it obviously didn't have any of the racist shit from Song of the South yeah. in it, just the. The, the fucking animal characters. And I was like, I want to, like, see the movie of this. What is this from? And I was, as a little kid, you know, because it was, like, kind of coming around that edge before, like, internet was, like, totally accessible. Yeah. I wasn't Especially allowed to be kids, on it all the time. Like... So I was just like, what the fuck is this from? And I was like, I couldn't find it anywhere. I'm just like, what the fuck? And then when I got, like, maybe... Because I went to Disneyland twice, so when I was a little bit older, I was like, what the fuck is this from? And I was on the internet at that point, so I found out, and I was like, oh, shit. And I still haven't seen it, 
but Me neither. I've heard it's boring. I heard it's. I've like heard it's boring. Tremendously boring. <laughs> but it's like, oh man! And then they did like they did a different Brer Rabbit movie in like 2009. That's like straight just animated. It's not. I don't think it's Disney that produces it. Hmm. It might be some third party company. But um, it's still racist because they have a... <laughs> still racist? It's still racist because it's, like, made up of a bunch of vignettes. And there's, like, a fucking literal baby made of tar. And it's like, this is 2009! What are you doing? Didn't you learn your lesson from the first fucking Br'er Rabbit movie? I guess not. I guess every Br'er Rabbit movie has to be racist. Disney, please make a Br'er Rabbit movie that has nothing to do with like African-American heritage. Just keep it far away from that for the first installment. Because, um, oof. What, The Adventures of Br'er Rabbit, the 2006 one? Yeah, it might be that one. See, he's like a brown rabbit, I think, if I remember correctly. Kind of like Nesquik Bunny. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the Watch one. that. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, man. But, uh... Yeah, so, uh... John and And... <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Danny Glover and Nick Cannon are in that... Yeah, Danny Glover voices like a turtle or something. That's... I think they do like a rabbit in the hair kind All right, of bit. Let's, let's... If I remember correctly. But yeah, so John and Anne land in the water and uh, should be dead, but they aren't. Um, and yeah, basically they run back to the ship where Carl is prepping everything with the bombs. The villagers are kind of like, what the fuck's going on? And then King Kong just fucking rampages out chasing after Anne and John. Uh, and, you know, steps on a couple people. I was watching that and I'm like, I wonder if, like, there's anyone who got turned on by this in the 30s. Because it's total fetish oh, material fuck. by modern standards. I wonder if there was just a woman in the audience going, Holy fuck, I, I wish, wish that was I me. Was that. Because, <laughs> like, you think giant... The, the directors made it for their own. That Maybe. That's, that's it. They, <laughs> Ernest was just fucking horny all the time. He's like, I gotta make a movie about a giant gorilla. Yeah, he just was, like, sitting in a hot sun one day and he's like oh man I wish a giant gorilla would throw me in the mud and step on me probably what happened <laughs> but he knew he couldn't pursue it because uh beauty kills the beast I guess I don't fucking know <clears throat> yeah that was dumb anyway so uh, yeah so King Kong shows up with Jack and Anne and they Shoot him in the face with a bunch of smoke bombs. Well, they do. They just throw a bomb in. Yeah, and then he, then he just passes the fuck out, and they take him to New York. And Gen uh, great idea, I know. Genius. Yeah, totally. Yo, so they they have a show with them, right? Yeah, and they the guy outside's like, these tickets cost me twenty dollars. That was... That's $350 today. What? I didn't realize it was that... Oh, shit. 
Yeah. Uh, like, I knew it was a lot back then, but I didn't realize it, like, equated that much. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. That's what I'm fucking saying. Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, anyway. Yeah, so basically, Anne and John show up, and basically, yeah, have, there's a bunch of, like, rich people that he's showing off to, and they're all like, all right, he brought some some exotic form of ape, and they're like, ah, oh, I paid 20 bucks for that. What the fuck? Um, but then he reveals it and everyone's like, holy shit, that is amazing. And the, he, Carl also adds the fact that uh, John and Anne are engaged and they're about to get married or something. So there's yeah. that, you know, a little bow wrapped. There you go. They got together. Um just like everybody and always then wanted. they start taking pictures of King Kong. And King Kong thinks that the photograph the photographers are attacking Anne. So he starts freaking out. And he breaks He his breaks chains. loose right after Carl Denham's like, don't worry, that's chrome steel. He ain't getting out of that. And then like almost immediately after he gets out of that. And he's like, oh, wow. I should really not have said that right before I did. Yeah, and then he grabs Anne and they go on a little adventure. Yeah, so he it's pretty self-explanatory. Like he kind of rummages through uh, New York, you know, flips over some buses and trains, trolleys, whatever. Yep. Uh, then he climbs up the Empire State Building, and uh, yeah, gets he shot. Gets fucking shot by pilots and falls off and dies. And, and then uh, it was like I was beauty that slain the beast. Exactly, and uh, yeah. It's uh, King Kong. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like this movie because uh, I, I have like a nostalgic attachment to it, you know, because Because you were born in the saw, 30s. You oh, saw yeah. it when you were three. I went and saw the 2005 version and uh, really liked it. And then I remember like renting this version on like from the video store. You're like, where's Jack Black? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was pretty... Like, it, this wasn't, like, my first older movie, so I was pretty used to, like... Not seeing Jack Black in Not movies. seeing Jack Black in my movies from the 30s. Um, and, yeah. Like, I, I didn't like it as much when I was a kid. I thought it was kind of, like, on the boring side as a kid, but um, I always liked the special I effects. I kind of think it's on the boring side now. <laughs> I, I Not necessarily. I don't think I'd describe it as boring. I There's definitely a lot of time that probably could be trimmed particularly from the first part yeah i would i would say that the first um, part's pretty boring but from the point where they get to like skull island and onwards it's pre- it's pretty exciting i'd say um but yeah i like the original much more you mean the remake the remake much okay more. i'm like really <laughs> i mean i i liked it enough um i think that pretty much i thought that the acting was pretty bad yeah, the um, acting's pretty bad. I don't like Anne. Which is surprising because I just watched The Invisible Man and the the lead in that is really fucking good. There yeah. are some bad performances in that movie, but like there are some really good ones. And I thought pretty much all of the performances in this were not good. Uh, that that annoying old lady is in, bad. Yeah. Right? In yeah. Invisible Man. She's in Bride of Frankenstein. But uh, she's, on, she's only in it for like a minute. Okay. But. She's. I mean, she's not in the Invisible Man a ton. Okay. She's, she's like in like the first like 10, 15 minutes. So. I was gonna say like I, I was like, oh, she's in that, isn't she? I remember. I remember that fucking 
I mean, she's in it a decent amount. It's she's annoying. She's one of the worst parts of it. But she's fair. But the the Ryan. the tone of the film kind of makes it makes her performance better. Mm. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of like acting that isn't super great or kind of hammy and stuff. But the tone of the film kind of matches that well enough that it makes them like decent or good. Okay, so. This one, I, I felt like the tone they were going for didn't really match with the character. Like, the character of Carl Denham, I really disliked in this movie. Yeah. I think it's just because he was... I thought most of the human characters were, like, aggressively boring. That's that's my main issue. Um, like, the stuff with King Kong, I really liked. Yeah. I pretty much have the same opinion. Um, I, I really like just the remake. Because, like, Carl Denham... Carl Denham. Jack Black as Carl Denham is so good. Yeah, he does a great job, and they really take because like they kind they hit the surface of like the idea that he's like a fucking shitty director, and the fact that you would like put his actors in danger. Yeah, but they really don't emphasize it. And at the end of the day, it's like ah, who cares? All he's a good guy. <laughs> All's well that ends well, but in the remake, like, basically, like, by the time they're all back to New York, they're like, fuck this guy. Yeah, he's an ass. Fucking piece of shit. And I, I, I just love hearing the story of, like, Jack Black, his dream at the time was, like, I want to work with Peter Jackson. Because that was, like, right after Lord of the Rings came out. And, like, pretty much, like, two days later, he got a call being like, do you want to be in a Peter Jackson King Kong movie? He's like... Fuck yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, no, it's like that perfect movie. Have you heard the fucking Tenacious D song that they did in promotion for the remake? I don't think so. They do a King Kong song, and it's awesome. I love it. Oh, God. It's so good. Um, You got to listen to that after, the, like, where you record this podcast. But, uh, yeah, so... This, this movie's good. It You know, I'd, I'd recommend... You can probably, like, find like the fucking like movie clips of it on YouTube. And uh I, I'd probably like recommend those. Um if you're not like super into like the more modern King Kong, like the two thousand five Peter Jackson one or hell, even like Kong Skull Islanders stuff like that. Uh it's not quite as like campy superhero as like that interpretation is, but um you know, you might be able to get something out of it. Um I really like it. I think it's probably, like, one of the greatest technical achievements of its time. Like, a lot of people are like... What, this one? Yeah. I would also say the remake, actually. Like, the, the, the remake, remake did pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, it's For really hard to say with the remake. capture shit, especially. Like, it, it definitely feels like an extension of what he was doing with the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, that's true. Especially since it was like right after, and yeah. I, I mostly just mean like King Kong for being 15 years old now looks amazing. Like King Kong himself, like yeah. fuck. Um, but yeah, no, uh, if you're like super into like film history, this is a must watch. Uh, but yeah, like I like it, it's all right, it's not like fucking fun nominal beyond it's like practical effects i'd say but um the practical effects are like totally make it worth watching especially since it's not like super long but i don't know i'd re i'd probably recommend it to like people who are super into like, yeah, special effects too. um i'd give it a six i'd give it a six okay six out of ten Woo! Woo! 
Uh, and I just want to talk a little bit before we get into Briggs and Bear about the sequel. I'm not going to talk very much about it, but basically, like, immediately after they got the okay to make a sequel, but they were given less time and less money. And uh, they had to, like, reuse a bunch of the stuff, and the plot is, like, Carl is getting, like, sued by, like, so many different people in New York because all their shit was destroyed. Because they died. He's basically like, I know, I'll... I'll flee and just leave the country. And he does. And then he's, then the dude who gave up the map is like, oh, there's a treasure on Skull Island that you didn't get. And he's like, wait, what? Treasure? So, yeah. Treasure? That can get me out of all my legal trouble in the United States. So he goes back to Skull Island and there's a, there's a baby con there. And uh, I'm not going to say any more because London might watch it later. And you, so might you. I don't know. But yeah, that one's like an hour and nine minutes. It's not as good. I'd give it like... I'll, I'll give it a five because of the practical effects. Otherwise, if it didn't have the practical effects, I'd give it a four. How about we just make a King Kong movie with this Donkey Kong puppet I have right here? Wouldn't be very impressive, but... <laughs> Boom! <laughs> King Kong just made noises like that the entire movie. Oh, uh, I could tell. I could tell that they, it was something reversed, but I could tell that most of the roars in this movie were like uh, somebody screaming or like some kind of scream reversed. And yeah, I looked it up and like King Kong's scream is like, I think a combination of like a lion and a tiger roar reversed. <laughs> Interesting. And you can always tell when things are reversed because like it, the, it the like way it like ends in very like yeah. easy like verbally sounds like it's the beginning of a sound. Yeah. It's like Briggs be there. Briggs Bow Alright. So this movie is one of my favorite comedies. Like yeah, honestly. I like I fucking this is I think my fifth or sixth time watching Briggs Be Bear. Uh this is probably like my third. Um so, uh, there's there's a big twist, like, t- t- ten minutes in, that, yeah. like, you know. Uh, I'm glad, I because the first time I watched this movie, um, I didn't go into it, like, blind, but I didn't realize, because the plot synopsis I had read of it was, uh, a main character makes movie based off his childhood show that was never finished yeah that was the same with me and, and then i like, started watching it, i'm like what the fuck yeah i wasn't expecting it to be what it was but um that whole angle to it really is what makes the movie for me because there's a lot of this movie that like i kind of realized on this time i'm like oh wow like this kind of stuff typically rolls my eyes and it kind i kind of do a little bit here but um, just, like, the whole, like, angle that they, like, add to it makes it, like, pretty unique. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so. So, uh, this movie opens up with Kyle Mooney, uh, his character, uh, James. He's watching a, a show that he's been watching since he was a kid called Brigsby Bear with Ooh. this giant uh, guy in a bear suit. With, yes. like, a big animatronic bear head. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's it's, it's it like teaches a mix them of Care Bears with Power Rangers, pretty much like uh, every fantasy, like everything you would see on like PBS Kids, kind of combined <laughs> into one. Yeah. Um, and it's teaching them, you know, teaching them life lessons. This one mm-hmm. is about uh, a, a crazy math equation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, it's it's this weird thing where this bear. And is hanging out with these two ladies. They're all like chained to the wall and they're like, Sun Snatcher! And like the main villain of the show is this giant sun with the, or I guess he's a, he's a moon, right? Yeah, he's a moon. He's a moon that Uh, snatches suns, but he's very bright. Looks obviously like, I I think it's supposed to be a homage to uh, the trip to the moon mm-hmm. yeah i'm pretty sure yeah. but it had a brain it's just it's it's just mark hamill's face inside of oh yeah fucking <laughs> a moon i was watching the blooper reel after this and there was one where sun snatchers just like we're going to build a wall oh, and make the mexicans pay for it. jesus christ <laughs> uh, oh I so, need to go through some of the supplemental material uh, on this. I read an interview and he's like, yeah, I really like, <laughs> I really like this movie's script because it gave me lines because this was like right after The Force Awakens came out. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, I know. He, <laughs> because like in The Force Awakens, he originally did have lines. They were all just cut. Yeah, I had heard about that. <laughs> I, I felt bad because like the, the one thing I had, because um, obviously, like, after Last Jedi came out, there was, like, that huge surge in, like, publicity where people were saying, like, oh, Mark Hamill's talking a lot of shit about the new Star Wars movies. Um, My favorite thing about that is, like, he can dislike them if he wants. Yeah. But, like, most of those interviews, he never said anything of the sort. Or, like, he'll, like, kind of do, like, an eye thing and people will be like, he hates it! See? He, he he did the thing. And I'm like, you guys are blowing this out of proportion. It's fine if he does dislike it. But, yeah. like, from everything I've read, he's just kind of, like, whatever about him. Yeah, I, I know he had, like, had some... I know he had disagreements with, with, the like, way that the Luke character goes. Yeah. And he had been vocal about that, but I know he had, like, made a comment later. Was, nah, he's I, like, I, he said he regretted saying that because everybody came after him after that. Yeah. Like, see, Luke, he hates the, the movies. And he's um, like, yeah, never said that. Yeah, the, the main, uh, like, argument I could see for that because I was always like, eh, you know, if he is talking a bunch of shit, you know, it's, eh. But, uh, is the fact that he's like, well, we never got to uh, be, be like, together. Yeah, be together with like the original trio, him, Leia, and Solo, because they obviously. Spoiler! Kill uh, Han Solo in Force Awakens. And then, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had seen. I've never time. seen a Star Wars. I mean, you've seen. Yeah, I was going to say, you've seen Last Jedi a lot. I, I, I've I just never seen The Force Awakens. I'm like, <laughs> what is that? No. Wait, there's a first one? <laughs> what? I thought it just went episode six, episode eight. Yeah, what? I thought they were just being funny, like yeah. how they made episode four, five, and six first. <laughs> I um, figured they were going to go back and make seven after. So, yeah, he's watching this show. It zooms out after, like, the, the episode finishes, and it's like his room is just covered with merchandise posters and, like, hundreds of VHS tapes of Brigsby Bear. Yes. Um, and then it introduces his family, his mother and father, Ted and April. Ted being played by Mark Hamill. April. Um, I don't know the actress's name, but she is so good. She's in Twin Peaks to Return, and she's oh. in a lot of stuff. Um, what? 
She plays in like Jane Adams. She's in Eternal Sunshine as well. Yeah, no, she's in like yeah, because she's uh, David Cross's wife in that movie. She's in the remake of Poltergeist. Oh uh, yeah, I heard that movie sucks. I saw it once in theaters. We should watch it. It was a bland remake that did nothing. What? But it's produced by Sam Raimi. It has Sam Raimi. You ever see Sam Raimi produced? Run. Sorry, yeah, no, Sam I know, Raimi, but I I learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> like I can't think of anything Sam Raimi produced. I thought that I liked. I thought Don't Breathe was all right, but I saw that yeah, once. I know a lot of people like Don't Breathe, but it was just not for me. I did not enjoy that one. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at his credit. I can't. Nope. None of them. Uh, actually, I've heard Thirty Days of Night is good. Thirty Days of Night, I remember being pretty good. I haven't seen it since I was really young, but um, I remember that being pretty good. So uh, it's it's revealed pretty pretty early on that they're living in a post apocalyptic uh, world, yes. where like uh, Ted Mark Hamill like leaves every day for work, but he has to like put on a gas mask. They have an airlock and st- shit. Um, if they ever really want to go outside, they don't really go outside. They have their own little like. Uh, dock area they have their own little balcony with like a dome over it Mm -hmm. and they're all just living in seclusion and the only thing kyle mooney can really do is he or james can do is he he does like his math problems and he watched brigsby and he's obsessed with it because it's the only thing he's ever really watched yeah and he rewatches it and there's uh there's there's a network that he connects to to talk with other people around the world about brigsby yes I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. Oh. Let's <laughs> be bad. Okay. Wow. Um. Um. So he's doing that. His parents and him are all very awkward. They, like, shake hands after dinner. And they're like... <laughs> and he goes to bed. And he's, he's like, he's super obsessed with Brigsby to the point where, like, the, the main... Uh, there's this set of twins on the show. And he has a poster of one of them. And he, like, jerks off to her. Yeah. Um. And then one night, uh, he's, he has this big conversation with his dad being like, there's people, there's other people out there, you know, uh, and you see like outside in their little like terrarium that there's like these weird little animatronic animals. And you're like, hmm, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and then the next night, Kyle Mooney sneaks out of the house, uh, cause he knows the password for the airlock after living there for like 25 years, mm. um, obviously. Uh, and he, he goes on the roof, and that's, apparently he just, like, sits up there quite a bit. And suddenly he sees in the distance, like, uh, red and blue flashing lights. And he's like, what the fuck? And as they get closer, he's like, starts to freak out. So he, like, runs into the airlock, and he starts screaming. He's like, Dad, Mom! Someone's coming! Yeah. And suddenly, like, police burst through the door, and everyone's screaming, and... Uh, April is, like, just screaming, I love you, while Ted is like, I'm sorry! And that specifically, that interaction right there really solidifies, like, their two characters in the movie. Because even though April, it doesn't show up for the rest of the movie, just her saying that while Ted is like, I'm sorry, really, like, shows, like, what type of, like, characters they were. Yeah, because we get a little bit of insight into, like, the dynamic there later. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut, the, they take Kyle Mooney out, they put him in a police car, and from there it's pretty much explained that... Hey, you ever seen the movie Raising Arizona, kid? No, I've only seen Briggs B. Bear. <laughs> yeah. That's not an actual line, I'm just making that up. But 
Um, so they show up at the police station, and Kyle Mooney's very, he's like, what the fuck? I can breathe outside? Because he had always been yeah. told, like, he couldn't breathe outside. He would get skinzer disease. Yeah. And they would, like, eat away his flesh. Um, but Greg Kinnear shows up. I yeah. fucking love Greg Kinnear. He does a great job. Um, so Greg Kinnear plays this lieutenant, uh, fucking, oh, Detective Vogel. Yeah. So Detective Vogel shows up. He has a Coca-Cola. He's like, listen, I got to talk to you. And they start talking. They're like, have Ted and April ever touched you? And Kyle Moe's just like, yeah. And he's like, they do this. And he like shakes his hand. He's like, good like, job they on say, your they studies, say, James. <laughs> Great job doing your studies, James. We love you. And then he says, it happens a lot. <laughs> oh, um... So Detective Vogel pretty much relays the information that what we would suspected from like the last couple minutes, Ted and April weren't actually his parents and they kidnapped him when he was an infant. Yes. Um, and they, they finally found him because, uh, actually it's not revealed yet. They don't reveal how they found him yet, but they found him and his parent, his real family is outside. Yeah. So he goes outside and his, his real family's there and they're like, we've missed you. Even though like, they haven't seen him since he was probably like a month old or something. Like literally like he was an infant, but yes. they, they were like, they've been searching for him for 25 years. Um, and he goes outside and he starts being exposed to things like the, there's a big news channel there. <laughs> he like doesn't understand how microphones work. So first he just starts talking and they try to put the mouth, the mic up to his mouth. So then he's like way too close. He's like, the world is very big. <laughs> Bigger than I expected. Really, really very big. Um, then they go home. He's freaked out by the dog. A lot of the intro scenes are just like him being like, what the fuck is going on? Okay. They're dogs? Yeah, he doesn't understand. Reality. He doesn't understand that there's other things like he can watch. He's like, I want to watch Brigsby. And they're like, well, we don't have a VCR. Um, but there's other things he can watch. Like, there's other shows. So he, like, look, he starts look, flipping through the channels and a news story comes on. Of him, of him, and they like turn off the TV. They're like, "Fuck!" Yeah. Oh, uh, and he goes to bed. And so it's it's his mom and his dad, and he also has a sister, um, Aubrey, yeah. who's like six, like or seven years younger than him. Yeah. Um, I, I uh, maybe like closer than, according to like movie logic, maybe like, or uh, I guess because I. He's like they say he's they say Kyle Mooney is twenty five. He's twenty five, and she's is she a senior in high school or out of high school by this point? I think she was in. I thought I don't know. I thought she was like fucking sixteen or something. I don't think she's sixteen. I didn't think her like friends were, but she looked like she was like fucking sixteen or something. I don't met a sixteen year old. I'm Not sure. since I was like yeah. sixteen, but um, I don't know. They come. They came into the theater every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought they were twelve, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but they uh, they start trying to reintroduce him to things. Um, but there's this big thing. He's like, I want to watch Brigsby, and he's talking about that at this. Uh, he goes to like a therapist who is uh, played by Claire Claire Danes. Yeah. She's also a great actress. She's a fucking bitch in this movie. Though. Yeah. I find it funny because on the cover, like, they have her in, like, a little, like, square where I thought she was going to be, like, a more, like, important heartwarming character. 
Yeah. But she's, she's not. She's like, the, she's pretty much the antagonist of the movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Or at least the, like, stepping stone into what happens. Yeah. Um, but she's like, there's no Brigsby. Uh, the reason we found you is because somebody saw Ted going into, like, an abandoned warehouse. And inside was, like, the sets for Brigsby. So he had been making... The, the show for his, I, just his son for 25 years. I like, I like how they're like, well, we, we were on this case where we were looking for this infant who disappeared 25 years ago. And we saw this guy go into a warehouse where there is a bunch of bear TV show shit. And just put it together. It's like, must how be do a you, good detective. It's like, you must have, like... How how does a like all the Brigsby Bear shit correlate to him directly? Like, I mean, obviously now that you've discovered him, you can see, but it's like, well, I thought it may have just been like the fact that they might have known it was them at the very beginning, and they've just been in hiding because he pretty much like they live in solitude. So yeah, I yeah, I guess uh, that would make sense. I I just figured that like it seemed like. At least he had... I guess his other job would be making Brigsby, I guess. But it's like, where does he get the money from? Well, it's, it's revealed that he's like... he. They were they very were, rich. Yeah, because they were like scientists, weren't they? Well, no, he, he was... Uh, I can't remember what the mom did, but he... He was a scientist, but he also made uh, like a stuffed toy. That was like the best-selling toy. Oh, okay. I, I think it was so. called like Tony... Tony something. Or like... It was a tiger. I was going to say Tony the Tiger. I'm like, that's not cool. Huh. But, yeah, you got really rich off of that. Huh. Um, they say it on the news story. Um, uh, Teddy like, Ruxpin or whatever. Ted and or April M- Mitchum, I think, were arrested. Ted, best known for blah, 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 blah. Oh. That's like, he, he got, like, a pretty big fortune from that. Huh. Uh, okay. But, yeah, so, it, it, I don't know. I, I don't quite, because... I don't know. It doesn't quite correlate for me. I mean, I, it makes sense if maybe he was in hiding. Or yeah, I guess that would make sense if he's in hiding and then they like follow him from the warehouse to his house, I guess. Or to the... And you could always also argue that that's not like the whole story, but they don't want to really reveal. There's a lot of like... I I, I want to say that there's kind of some sinister undertones in a lot of the dialogue when it's surrounding Ted and April. That they just kind of, like, say and then, like, just go over. Like, it's revealed that um, he's like, what about the other people that have seen Brigsby? And they're like, there's nobody else. And, uh... Yeah, the um, whole, like, online community All the online community was them. And he reveals later that he had, like, virtual sex with people before. Yeah. So it's like, holy fuck... (laughs) It definitely crosses into that weird category. It's like, so like, there's this weird thing where it's, it's, the whole movie's about this, like, pretty much a trauma victim and how he's dealing with it and how he never really sees it as trauma, where it very clearly is, like, how his parents, like, tricked, like, his fake parents, like, tricked him for 25 years and, like, his, his mom especially, it's pretty much, like, revealed that she was kind of behind it, like, she stole the baby in the yeah. first place, you know? So there's a lot of like, especially on rewatches, there's a lot of dialogue. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the whole movie, I think I like the movie so much because it is just about like this guy getting over his trauma and like fuck channeling all that into like creativity. 
because he had just seen so in this scene he's talking about Brigsby and he's like I want to see it and he's like well what do you mean there's no not going to be any more Brigsby but he talks about a movie he just saw um Hockey High, I think, with his uh, dad. Yeah, and he's like, well, who made that movie? <laughs> yeah, Tim Heidecker. Yeah. Um, and the one of the guys from The Lonely Island directed that segment. Mm. Um, huh. huh. And he's like, well, can he make Brigsby? And he's like, no, but anyone can. He's like, okay, I'm going to make Brigsby. And he goes home and he's like, starts researching. He opens the computer. He's like, how to make a movie show. I want to make one. Yeah. Every time he Googles something, I laugh audibly. Because yeah. he always like, old phrases lady. it like an old lady. Um, All right. I'm going to get some milk. Okay. You want to keep talking. Yeah. So, yeah. So he decides, he's like, yeah, I'm going to make this movie. So he goes back to the detective because he's like, well, I kind of need the Brigsby stuff from this guy. So he goes and asks him, and uh, the detective is obviously like, ah, look, I wish I could, but I can't. It's, you know, police property now. It's part of evidence. And he's like, ah, all right, whatever. So then he badly stalks him a little bit. <laughs> he's, like, hiding behind a very thin tree. There's, like, a scene where he's, like, reading a magazine and just has it, like, out in front of his face. And he's like, oh! <laughs> Tries to cover, but it's just, like, it's so fucking obvious. Um, but, yeah, so he's like, James, come out. Come on. Come take a seat. And he's like, then he basically, like, he's like, gets on his level. He's like, look, I sympathize with you. I used to be an actor. And he, like, does this He does little, a little Prospero, a uh, little, little dialogue. And Kyle's like, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, oh, 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 well, thanks. Uh, mm. So he's he, like, why'd you give up on your dream, pretty much? Yeah, and then he kind of wonders, why did I? So and he's this like, leads, I'm sorry you never got to fulfill your dreams. Yeah. So this leads to the detective playing with some of the props and uh, evidence storage, and one of the other like cops kind of like comes by and it's like, what are you doing? And the dude's like, oh, oh nothing, nothing, and just uh, well, you know, take it a gander. Uh, and then he like you know, take it again. And then, so basically, he steals a few of the props. Uh, most importantly, the animatronic head, which I would that would be like the one thing I wouldn't want to steal. I'd be like, this is like the most noticeable thing. But he does, and uh, he's basically letting James borrow it while he makes his movie. He's like, well, yeah. So. Because he, like, just drops it off. And obviously, James's parents aren't very happy about this. This whole time while he's, like, infatuated with making this movie, they're trying to get him, A, just kind of get to know him and get him comfortable and, you know. They're trying to get him to move on. Yeah. And he won't. Yeah, and they don't quite understand that he needs to, like, get this sense of closure. But, uh... So they're like, yeah, okay, uh, that was kind of fucked up that you brought all this shit over. He's like, ah, fuck, sorry, my bad. It's just, I wanted to help him make his movie, and they didn't even realize he was making a movie. <laughs> and they're like, what? A movie? He's like, uh, yeah, um, I'm just gonna drop the rest of the stuff off and go. So... While all of this is going on, he's like up in his room excited. He's got the Brigsby bear head. He's like, ah! 
Yeah. And, and then, then his sister, sister walks in. in. Oh, did we we didn't talk about the party scene, did we? This I thought this leads to the party scene. No, because he already he talks about having the party scene or he talks about the party and then Oh yeah, okay. This is the he gets the call. Yeah, okay. So So I guess backtrack before this, um he goes to a party with uh, for his his sister invites him out to like a football game. Yeah. But when they leave, she's like, "Listen, I'm going to a party." Yeah. Mom they, made me invite you, so come on, just don't embarrass me. Yeah. And they go to this party um, that this guy Spencer is throwing. Yeah. Who is the coolest the guy? Coolest and most kindest person I've ever seen. I knew I like the first time I watched this movie. I knew I was gonna like him because he was wearing a Star Trek shirt, and I was like, "Yes." He kind of reminds me of you. Does he? Yeah. He doesn't remind Especially, me. like, the posters he's got, his interests. It's just all, like, he does animation. It's kind of like you. Huh. Well, I mean... Except you're more whiter. And I'm more cynical. You're more cynical. If you were a little nicer, you'd be... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, this guy Spencer's throwing this party, and Kyle's super fucking... Or James is super fucking awkward. Um, he's like, uh, he's like, my parents stole me as a kid, but I still think they're pretty cool. Um, yeah. And he's like, oh, dope, man. Very cool. Want and he's like, start, yeah, he's like, I do want one of those. He goes outside and he yells at some guys, nice shirt. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like trying to have a conversation with somebody, but he's like a little too far away. And he's like, I really like your clothes. And then people just look at him. Spencer comes out. He's like, "Hey, what's up, man?" He's like, "I, you know, I was talking to those guys, um, and they're like, oh, I don't even know those guys, but they look like dicks.'" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, I said I like their clothes, but you know, maybe I like mine a little more." He's like, "Yeah, "Yeah, man." (laughs) And they start talking, um, and eventually. Kyle gets like more, or James gets more looser and he starts talking about Brigsby and everybody's like, whoa, look at this. Yeah. He's like, you know, I'm going to make a movie. And they're like, wow. And one guy's like, can I be in it? And he's like, oh, we'll see. And, and he's like, like everybody you else, be you're in it. This guy, I don't know. He's like, I'm kidding. You can be in it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and while all this is going on, while he's describing the movie, uh, there, his, his sister's got a friend. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. Um, but she... Meredith? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Meredith. Um, but she offers him what I presume is like it's acid. I'm pretty sure. It, it looked was it, it looked like tabs, so I'm it, pretty sure it was uh, acid. It kind of looked like a pill. To oh, me. maybe. So I thought it was like ecstasy or Molly or something. Maybe it was. It was, it was so, something. Yeah. So he takes and something. he's like, "Sure, I'll take it." And then they start getting all groovy, and then he starts like, "Whoa!" And they go upstairs and they fool around a little bit. Yeah, I, I <laughs> hope it was ecstasy. See. They. She does give him water, so that would make sense. This this fucking scene, they're, like, both super fucking high, and she's, like, they start, like, making out, and he, like, doesn't know how to make out, and then she's, like, starting to jerk off. He's, like, oh, I... That feels weird! He puts his hands in the air! That's (laughs) the best part of the scene. It's so weird. Like, he's, like, putting his hand there, and she touches his penis, and he's, like, he's, like, convulsing. He's, like, oh, I like that! Thank you for that! Thank you for that! Yeah, so and then he like funny. just runs out. He's like, "Thank you very like, much." As soon as he comes, he's like, "Okay, thank you." And then he like runs out. He's like, "Thanks, Spence, for the party." And he like runs out. Yeah. And then Sun Snatcher appears in his hallucinations. He's like, "You're tripping balls, man!" And then he passes out. Yeah, and then he wakes up in Spence's room, and he's like, "Ah, don't worry, man. You know, it's all sorted out." And then, yeah, basically everything we said from that point happened. Uh, and then the scene where he's like. <laughs> 
with the Bigsby Bear hat in his room and then uh Yeah, so he talks to Spencer in the morning. He's like uh he talks about Brigsby Bear because he had lent him some tapes. Yeah, um, and they 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 decide they're gonna like start making this movie. Yeah, he, Spencer comes like, up I can make you. He's like, look, only Brigsby's in that shot, right? We can shoot that right fuck, now. That's this seems so nice because he's like talking about this, and then Kyle Mooney's just like, you're my friend, and that the fucking yeah. delivery on that line is so like wholesome, and it's just this movie makes me. So happy. Like, I felt like this movie was so needed after last week. Yeah. Because <laughs> this movie's, like, so happy. Yeah. Especially compared to the... Oh, yeah. God. Oh, God. <laughs> like, last week, I'm like, I'm going to have a heart attack from my depression. Yeah. The Lee Chain Don movies were... So like they were really depressed. great. They were, they were all very good, but they were all very sad. Yeah. No, beyond sad. They were just fucking they were depressed. destructive in their sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, man. But, yeah, so they start making the movie. Uh, yeah, they like... Yeah, they start filming things. Um, uh, it gets to the point. I think... I think before they go on the camping trip, they have that scene where they shoot with the detective, like, in his front yard. Yeah, they, they were like, okay, Detective Vogel, you're going to do this. And they, they have this big, like, rock set up. And and he's sitting above, above them. He's like, long ago, my people were the ones who encountered the person you know, know as Sun Snatcher. There is one chosen one, and it is you, Brigsby Bear. And, and it's like the super over the top, like dramatic performance, and they're like, "That was amazing!" And they just do one take, and he's like, "Can I? Can I do it I again?" Think I, I, think, I think I got another level. Like, wow! What? Really? <laughs> All right. I mean, then yeah. And then he's like, "All right, I'm not ready to go." He's like, "Give me a second. Uh, <laughs> um, your parents. Yeah, and that happens. And then throughout this whole thing, like it, it, he's just spending like almost no time with his parents, and they're like getting sad because of it. Yeah, um, but he's spending more time with his sister. They they do all go on a. Yeah. At one point, he uh, googles like, how to make big explosion. explosion. Thank you. And he also does like how to de- learn cool fighting styles. Yeah, I want to learn them. <laughs> Um, so he can do, like, fun action moves for his movie, but he does start, <laughs> he, like, goes to this, uh, like, Home Depot or something, and he buys a bunch of stuff for a garden, quote-unquote. Yes. Um, um, and a guy he encounters there is like, yo, it's you, kidnap kid! Yeah. Oh, and Spencer had uploaded a bunch of, uh, the Briggs Briggs Bear tapes to YouTube, and people all around the world were watching them. Yeah, they went viral. Um, so... Man, those clips of Brigsby were great. Like, yeah. There's one that's like, remember the thing I said at yeah. the beginning of the episode? Remember, only touch your penis twice a day. Uh, there's just, a rap Brigsby does. Yeah, just a bunch of, like, cringy, just head-scratching, like, wait, what? <sighs> the, some of the shit, like... It's funny in, like, a passing byway, but then when you think it's like, oh, this kid was, like, raised. Yeah, that's what I'm saying about, like, a lot yeah. <laughs> of this sinister stuff is, like, these things. Like, it's very blatant, like, Gas, propaganda. Like, for like, 25 yeah. years. Um, yeah, fucking. But, yeah, so he invites, uh, James invites his sister and Meredith onto this camping trip. And they're like, yeah, it's going to be... Lit. And the guy in the hat that I don't remember his name. The Dude, one that's like... my name? 
I think at one point, but he like he's in a bunch of scenes. But he doesn't do it. Well, he like he's the guy that like does the action stuff. He's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. Basically, there's like some bonding. Like uh, his sister like picks up the uh, eyeball piece that fell off. Yeah, they start filming. It's like, oh, God, how can Rigsby go transport interdimensionally if he's missing an eye and can't see? Yeah, they they chill by the campfire and play the Beatlers, Um, which is his obvious uh, off-brand Beatles that he was listening to when he was a kid. Um, and then, yeah, it starts hitting towards, oh yeah, there's like a scene where he like talks to Meredith and he's like, look, I really liked what we did, but I don't want to marry you. And she's like, no, totally. Like, that wasn't part of the agenda at all. He's like, oh, great. Because I was like, do I have to marry this girl? He's like, but if you ever want to do stuff again, she's like, like, no, no, never. never, Not a chance. Because like, they were both very high. Like, don't think she would have done that. It out, like if she was not hot. I fucking hope not. It's I'd say that there's an argument that's like pseudo pedophilia. I mean, obviously not because it's. Well, not. I'm pretty sure they were all like. I, I'm pretty sure they're all eighteen. I mean, they're all eighteen. Yeah. But the the point I'm making is that he's got like the mind of a child. Yeah, and so a lot of can't ways, really yeah. consent. But he's also like a he obviously didn't. Well, I don't even think like, he the, knew what sex was by based off his reaction of whoa thank you oh but he he's also like a genius he's like a prodigy like he's super good at a lot of math stuff they do at the beginning like oh yeah because he was raised yeah by like super smart yeah yeah. exactly um but they they do that and they like they have this bonding at one point he says Man, I wish you were kidnapped, who We would have had so much fun. And she's just like, <laughs> she's yeah. Like, yeah. She kind of says, like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, that would be cool. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then the sun, sunset. And sunset. Like, oh, we got to go do this next shot. And this, So him and Spencer leave and to do this next shot. And, where uh, they're supposed to have this, like, computer that explodes and uh, Spencer's going to CG, CG it later. In. But, because he does a bunch of animation, which was yes. shown like in one of the first shots of them together, kind of thing. But, but that bomb, yeah, there's a big bomb that goes off, and immediately Spencer gets out of the truck. And he's like, he's "Dude, like, what the fuck? you can't do this that!" Is, like the only scene where he's like not nice, and that's just understandable. Because, like, yeah. He's like, "Dude, the police are gonna <laughs> show up!" Domestic like, terrorism. Immediately, police show up. Yeah, and Kyle's just like, "No, the police are good." He's like running at him. He's like, "Hey guys, we're fine." And they tackle him. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, yeah. The, the police officer that has been working with Detective Fogel, which is the guy who's on SNL, like, he's a regular. Um, he's like, do you know that was domestic terrorism, right? Yeah. He's like, he's like, there was also drinks and weed. And he's like, I did all the marijuana smokings and the drink, the bad drinks and the, the explosion. All mine. No all, they were all mine. Nobody else. Um, and the dude's like, I've been watching a some of your Brigsby tapes. And he's like, oh yeah, what episodes have we got? I don't know. There was one with a wizard and a waterfall who they, they taught him multiplication. He's like, oh yeah, that's from when I was a kid. That's, from, that's for the kids. He's like, oh yeah. And he's like, they really did a number on you. Yeah. But, uh, so they, the parents are like, dude, you have to stop with this Brigsby stuff. And uh, he's like, no! 
All right. The therapist as well is like, you need to stop. And he's like, no, I refuse. And instead he like searches up and he finds the, the girl who had played uh, one of the Smile sisters, the twins yeah. in Briggsby Bear. And he like steals his dad's car and he like drives out in the middle of the desert where she works. Mm-hmm. And they, they have like, they, they meet and he's like, yeah. And she's like, feels super bad about everything. She's like, if I had known, I never would have done it. I just thought it was for like Canadian public access because that's what I was told. He was like, no, you were the only things that made like my life worth living. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like, (laughs) the police show back up. He's like, I'm an outlaw. I've been an outlaw ever since I came into this world. And he's like, by the way, I love you. And I've been in love with you since I was a kid. And then he leaves. And he's like, please don't tackle. Yeah, don't tackle me this time, please. (laughs) So because of this, they put him in a mental institution. Yes, where he meets Andy Samberg. He meets Andy Samberg. Who gives him... This guy named Eric, who's like, just like, I'm Eric. And he's always wearing, like, these glasses and walks around with, like, a little overcoat. Yeah. They try to play it. It it almost seems like he's, like, blind at first, but then he's obviously not. Yeah, he's just, like, he's, like, pretending to be. Yeah. Um, Like, there are people be doing, like, yoga stretches, and he'll walk by, and then he'll just start doing the same stretch. And it's like, ah, ha, 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 very funny. You've got eyesight. Um, but so it just shows a couple of scenes, a couple of minutes of him like in the here. Gives him some like ice cream and some like weapons. Yeah. And he's like, how are you going to break out of here? And he's like, well, it's pretty complicated. <laughs> and then a smash cut. Yeah. Him throwing a TV through the window and jumping out. And he just runs home. Yeah. And meanwhile, there had been a couple of scenes of like his the sister family. showing like the family, the, the footage. The scenes footage. Yeah. And him having fun. Yeah. And him like, be like, I love making a movie. All you gotta do is get a camera, grab a friend, and grab some friends, and just start going. I love my friends, and I love life. And they're like, they're like all sad. They're like, oh shit, we're piece of shit parents that had no idea what our son's interests were. Yeah. Um, And they... Because we decided to try and communicate with him through a therapist instead of directly with ourselves, and that would have been okay if you know, they couldn't communicate directly in the first place, but they just went straight to the therapist. But ah! uh, um, Speaking of the therapist, there was a scene in the uh, mental hospital where she brought up that Ted and April had been found guilty and they yeah. were going to prison for like the rest of their lives. Oh, yes. Um, which is just a little important for the ending of the movie. So they've been making this movie and Kyle goes back home and he's he's going to run away. So he's just grabbing some clothes. But then he hears something in the garage. He hears like a bunch of talking and uh, he walks in and there's uh, there's fucking his parents, his sister, Spencer and Detective Vogel all like bringing a bunch of Brigsby stuff out of a uh, st- uh, fucking moving truck. And they're like, James? He's like, hey guys, um, what what is all this? And they're like, how did you get out? And he's like what is all this? He just says it again. Yeah. They tell him, they're like, well, uh, Detective O was like, they were going to throw everything out, so we, we saved it. And yeah. they're, they're all like, we, we're sorry. We should have supported you, and we yeah. should, we, we saw the stuff, and we so, think it. The dad's like, I think it's really cool. Yeah, so he's like, well, I want, we were planning on once you got out, we were going to help you finish your movie as a family. And they're like, how did you get out? And he's like, I threw it. With a fucking TV, TV through a window. And then the detective's like, James, are you going to cut me out of your movie? He's like, no. He's like, well, then I didn't hear any. 
And they, they, like, just hang out until they get a call. And they drop him off, and eventually, like, he gets released. But it, it just cuts to pretty much the, the opening night of their... Or no, sorry. It cuts to a few months later when, at the prison. Yes. Um, where Kyle, vis- or James visits Tet, Tet his, his fake dad. Old um, dad. Fake dad. Whatever you want to call him. Kidnap dad. <laughs> um, kid dad. And kid dad. And he's like, I need to ask you a question. And Ted starts talking about how, like, he feels sorry and he doesn't really even know why they did it. But just one day when she April brought him brought home, him home and he, he just felt like, like he was his son. And he's like, that's cool, but that's not actually why I'm here. And he pulls out a tape recorder and he's like, I can't get the Brigsby voice right. And so he's like, well, I am kind of uh, interested to see, see what you did, did with my words. Yeah. So. And then they start recording. And then it cuts to, like, this big theater. And it's the and the title is uh, The Brigsby Bear Movie That I Made With My Friends or something like yeah. that. Um, and James is throwing up his mom's spaghetti in the bathroom. Yeah, he's, he's in the bathroom. He's like, I'm just going to hang out. Spencer tries to find what him. What if they don't like it? Spencer's like, who gives a shit, man? You had fun making this. Yeah. And all that we matters is it. that you yeah. like it. Yeah, and we did it, man. So I'm just going to hang out out here. And he does, and it shows the inner minute cuts of, like, the movie and people, like, <laughs> the explosion happens. Everybody's like, what the f-? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> there's the scene with the fucking Detective Vogel near the end, and he's, like, it cuts to him, and he's, like, mimicking what he's saying on screen as detective, his partner's, there's, like, laughing at him. <laughs> One of my favorite little bits that they show here is, like, the climactic kiss between him and uh, the one twin. And <laughs> then they do like a close up on the mouth and then it gets like a reaction shot of the audience like, what the fuck? Why did they do a close up <laughs> shot of that? And then he says bye to them. He's like, I'll never forget you. Uh, f- fuck it. I can't even remember her name, whatever the smile sister's name was. And then he turns over he's like, oh, bye Nina, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like the other one, he like doesn't give a shit about it. It's like, see you later. <laughs> Um, and then he, like, the the whole movie, like, ends with him, like, exploding and restarting the universe. Yeah. Um, and everyone's, like, cheering and clapping, and Kyle Mooney comes in, and everybody's, like, cheering and clapping for him, and he, like, has a big smile. And, looks and so he good. sees, like, uh, the real Brigsby, which is just in his mind, and it's, like, Brigsby leaves. He, like, fades away. Yeah. And then the movie ends. Bam. Yeah. Brigsby Bear. Um... Do you have any criticisms of this? I, I I don't actually. Like okay. I honestly don't really have any problems with this movie. Uh Yeah. I I think my first couple watches I did, there were a couple, but most of them like smoothed out over time in my opinion. Hmm. I I kind of You have, have a couple, right? I have a couple. Um mostly because this movie like kind of teeters in and out of a type of movie I hate because it's got like a lot of like cliches when it comes like to the whole family situation in particular that's the part of it where I'm like ooh, if it just it it seems really like by the numbers Mm -hmm. at these parts like obviously like the whole sister you know oh mom's making me invite you to a party don't embarrass me oh you know parents have like the misunderstanding and it's super obvious that like what they should do versus what they actually do through the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just like stuff like that. And it's just a little like hammy feel good in certain scenes where it, to the point where I'm like, this is super hammy. Like, 
And I just don't like hammy feel-good stuff. I so. I don't know what it is. I usually don't necessarily like it as either, but this one just I don't know. It feels different to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that everything feels so genuine for me. Like even though it's a lot of like the performances or the dialogue might be hammy, it comes from like a a real like uh, heartfelt area, and I think that comes from the uh, the fact that this movie like. They've been writing this movie since, like, they wrote this movie when they were in middle school. Like, a lot of it. Like, a lot of it has come from years and years of them being like, I want to make this movie. (laughs) Like, they were all middle school friends. Um, And I don't know. I think it comes from, like, uh, it's it's just, like, this pure movie of, like, creativity. So I think I can get over a lot of the hammy elements. See, that's, like, the the thing about it is, like, I like the majority of the movie because it is so creative. But then there are, like, those, like kind of baseline generic family yeah family. Like, I feel feels it. like shit I've seen in like a million families the only comes. thing is I think that some of the the build up like they they kind of subvert things by like that that party sequence be like oh I'm, I have to bring you to this party but then the party sequence plays out a lot differently than you would think in my opinion I, I felt like it kind of played out like how I would expect a typical cliche party sequence because it's like uh he does the embarrassing thing by like sleeping with the sister's friend and running out with like his pants half down and these tripping. Even balls. then, I don't. I, I I guess I just don't think it's as embarrassing as like most party sequences with awkward characters where it's just like supposed to make you feel bad because like most of the people there like aren't dicks to him, which yeah. is I I guess that's where I'm getting at. Most of the people in this movie aren't assholes, yeah, <laughs> which is surprising. Um, actually, I do. The only thing I really would want from this movie more is I think, like, I would have liked, I would have liked a character for that one guy that's just in scenes a lot. The other friend, the oh, yeah. like, it, just because he's in all these scenes, I'm like, he should probably yeah. have like so a couple like, lines, give him a something, or take him out, <laughs> and maybe a little more for Meredith as well. But besides, per- personally, that, I don't mind that they didn't do much with that one character just simply because he was the character who was like. Ah, maybe you'll be in it. Ah, maybe. Because I felt like that. Okay, yeah, I get that. But no, I do want a little more from Meredith. But besides that, no, I just... And it might just be, like, my personal thing of this movie, like, makes me the happiest, like, any movie. (laughs) Like, this and, like, School of Rock. Yeah, like, I I like the movies that make me happy. I feel it. I do the same thing with One Piece. Like, I think that show's got some pretty big flaws yeah. but I feel it makes like the, me so happy that I'm okay yeah. with it I feel like the flaws that are present in this movie are just pretty easily overcome because of how happy it makes me yeah like a 10 out of 10 movie for me like a perfect movie I don't think perfection exists yeah but of course I not. think a movie can overcome like if it has that big emotional reaction for me I think it can overcome a decent amount of flaws and still be like perfect in my eyes I mean like a perfect viewing experience for me yeah if that makes sense no such thing as objectional perfection but personal perfection yeah exactly and this is personal perfection for me at least yeah that's why I've seen it five or six times. I don't watch movies five or six times unless I love them. I've watched it three. It's yeah. pretty good. Um, I'll probably watch it more in the And there's, there's a lot of fun little intricacies like from this, like, apparently Kyle, like, Kyle Mooney, like, only ate noodles during this movie because he wanted to be a little slimmer than he even is usually. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, we talk about the machinists and stuff, but we never talk about Kyle Mooney. It brings me 
<laughs> but he like was on a noodle diet the entire time. Yeah. Because apparently like all the scenes in the fucking like when he's captive, like apparently they only eat noodles. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, apparently yeah. that's a thing. Like there's a lot of little things that I want to pay attention to next time. Um, but yeah. Huh. Yeah, so I gave this movie a 10. <laughs> oh, um, I, I'm sticking with my... Uh, what, 7, 8? What, what it was a 7. 7. Yeah. Cool. 8.5 for us. Yeah. Very neat. Very neat movie. All right. <laughs> time for our picks for next week. Okay. You've got classics, so okay. name it off first. Um, S or D? S. Oh, God damn it. Because I was like putting the T, I was like prepping, or the D, and then I saw like this look in your eyes like, don't do that. So, so D was going to be a movie by Dario Argento. Um, I oh, was going to, it was going to be another, it was going to be what another. Is, what is the S? Solo or 120 Days of Sodom. Oh! Oh, that's this the one is that I be... talked about divisive. Okay. <laughs> because okay. I know a lot of people that love this movie, but then we have a couple friends, like we have a couple friends that hate this movie. I imagine I will probably feel the same way about this movie that I feel about every extreme movie like this. And I'll be somewhere in the middle where I'm like, ah, yeah, it was all right. You like the Serbian film. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like, all right. Like I, an I, eight out of 10. I would probably lower that now. I don't know. Maybe you got to rewatch it. It's pretty great. Maybe. <laughs> I, not... I don't know. There are some extreme stuff that I really like. A Serbian film, and I think Martyrs is really good, and I think Antichrist is really good, and I think all of those I would put on more of the extreme side. I, I'd say I like Antichrist more than any of the other ones, but I'd say if I had to like put them up, like if I was like. I think, honestly, just based off like how I feel now, been a while since I've seen any of them. I put, what did I give Antichrist? Like a nine? I think we both gave it a nine. Yeah, so I want to say. Uh, Antichrist would be a nine for me. I would probably give Martyrs a seven. And I'd probably give Serbian film a six. Shut the fuck up. What? <laughs> the movie's great. Uh, you thought it was great. I mean, that was like my flash initial, like right so after. So you gotta rewatch it, and you'll be. Like, You're right. This is a ten. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe. Yeah. I'm... So solo. Good luck finding it. It's not like available to stream, but I'm sure um, you can find it pretty yeah, I'm easily. Sure I'll be able to find it. Um, I know Criterion did do a release of it, but it's not on Criterion Channel right yeah. now. Um, and yours was. What is yours? I haven't said it yet. Um, That's right. I'm like, Whoa. okay. You okay. said you said something funny earlier today about it. You're like, yes. this is an interesting. It's pick an or interesting something. choice because it's not a movie. It is a TV show. Oh, um, is it long? No. Okay. It, in fact, I, I altogether it'll probably be shorter than an average movie because um, it's like 11 minute episodes. Dumbland. Uh, no. <laughs> um, it's this TV show that came out on Adult Swim, like, last year, maybe two the years ago. The puppet one? It's got uh, stop-motion puppetry. It's called The Shivering Truth. Cool. Um, it's seven episodes. I bought it off Prime, like, when the show came out. Um, if you go with Prime, it's not available to, like, uh, 
it's not like through prime streaming you'd have to like rent it but they have the pilot as the final episode listed on there so keep that in mind if you like watch it sure. i mean it, it's, it's an anthology show so i guess it doesn't really matter but um i'm gonna watch them in like uh production order uh but yeah it's seven episodes total including the pilot they're all like 11 to 15 minute episodes have you seen it before? Yeah, I've seen the whole thing. I love it. Okay. I've, I um, I remember seeing a trailer for it and being like, I really want to watch it. And then I just, I forgot the name for a while. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's great. Um, And I was really worried because like the entire like year after it came out, I was like, ah, oh, because I love the show, but I'm, I knowing Adult Swim and how these types of shows are usually received, I was like, there's no way this is getting a second season. But it was renewed for a second season! So I'm super excited. Nice. So uh, that's what, this year or next year? Uh, they, they said it should be coming out at some point this year. So I imagine probably like fallish, if I had to guess. I don't think it'll be coming out super early this year. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if it got pushed back to next year. Because it's stop motion and that takes a little bit of time. Ah, it takes like 20 minutes. Yeah. Per shot. <laughs> got a shit ton of animators. Um, oh. But yeah, so I've been cool. So pretty pretty good little double feature, solo and the shivering troop. Yes. <laughs> well cool. Cool, cool, cool. I guess we'll see everybody next time for another exciting episode of Screen a Thing, Ween a Thing. And tell your grandma thaumathas. To watch a thought of a Subscribe a Adios, 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 Adios.